Antoine is right. Hello, everybody. We are live, and we've got Stephen Billings from Chasing Labels, one of my uh, new closest friends over the last few months as we've been building the Shelf Shock Rewind Awards for the entire community. We're going to be going through all of that tonight after the announcements and all of the fun stuff. But first, Stephen, welcome. You haven't been here on a Thursday night. How are we doing? Oh, Oh, I'm tired today. I'm tired today, but I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a good uh, first day of voting for the Shelf Shock uh, Rewind Awards. So very exciting for me and Ryan. We, uh, we've been, we've been uh, you know, working on this for a while and behind the scenes. And then we got it out to you guys. And now the real kind of like the fun, real fun stuff starts where we get to start seeing what everybody else thinks. You know, and whatever, you know, getting everybody else to participate. And uh, that's where a lot of the fun comes. So um, don't don't you know, don't be in a rush. You got a whole month. And uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, but it's been a good day. Uh, I'm, this is my this is my Friday. Uh, I work Sunday through Thursday. So um, it's nice to start my weekend uh, talking Blu-ray announcements. So it's also my Friday. I work Monday uh, through Friday. <laughs> uh all right we got brian here with us tonight what's going on brian and cam uh all that is man made a made a special appearance here on time tonight hello john wants to know who all has voted already a lot of people excited to vote yeah I, you voted way quick today i was so not ready for it well you know we, we've been thinking about it for so long that i was already ready to go with what i knew i wanted to be my votes. I mean, I just been thinking about it. So I was just like, I'm going to get this out of the way. So, so I let everybody else go ahead of me, you know, just, you know, but yeah. that makes sense. All that is man voted and says he may have leaned heavy towards Severin, seeing some Severin love in the results, I believe. Uh, Josephine, hello, Ryan and Steven. Love chasing labels. My mom likes overhearing listening to your podcast. She oh, said, great. Uh, tell Andrew hi from Josephine. Oh, Andrew might, might Andrew might fall in the chat tonight. I have a feeling he, you might hear him. Nice. So. Uh, Terry's here. Stan Geezy, my friend. Hello, Eric. Watching my daughter's wrestling match here in spirit. Glad that you are here cheating on the match. <laughs> and then the Hobbit is here. What's going on? So tonight we're going to be talking about the usual, you know, recent pickups, uh, recent watches. We're going to go straight to the announcements. Then, of course, what we all forgot is coming next week. We're going to go over that. And then uh, the big feature tonight, we're going to be talking a lot about the Shelf Shock Rewind Awards. There is so much to go over because we finally have the reveal of all of the nominees. We have all of the categories that you can see that you get to vote on. You have uh, th the chance right now to write in options. So in each category uh, in the chat, you can bring up ones that maybe didn't make the, the list of nominees. But because of that, we could always get a big... Uh, you know, rally behind a certain title and, and they could still win even if it's a write-in. That's easy. Out of the blue. Everything out of the blue. <laughs> Somebody's putting their he thumb heavily on the scale tonight. Uh, let's see. <laughs> All that is, man, happy to see some Warner Archive representation. They're on there a couple times. Dude McMahon went down a YouTube rabbit hole, just discovered there's a James Bond tribute band. Interesting. I, I bet there's a, a tribute band for yeah. most of the big franchises. I was going to say, you know... I, you know, I was in a band, and I know Ryan. You said you were you you'd played music too. I've always, yep. if there was ever a chance for me to get back into doing music, I've always wanted to start a tribute band towards either 
a certain genre of film or a certain something in film, whether it be like Harry, you know, Harry Potter is an easy one, you know, like they're even in, in Harry Potter, like the, what was the, was it the, the fourth one? They have the band that yep. they, yeah. Something like that, where it's like a, a tribute band to a certain franchise or a certain uh, type of, you know, genre of film. I've always wanted to do that. So that I, I could see you and Andrew starting like a two piece uh, subway band that only plays like neo-noir themes. You know, <laughs> Andrew plays instruments, but I'd like to see him try. We, we can teach him the spoons or something. He would. I, I can see that. Spoon <laughs> Soundgarden reference. I love it. Uh, let's talk about some recent pickups. What have you gotten oh. in recently? Oh, well, if you go to the Chasing Labels page, you can see I got my vinegar syndrome in. Uh, I know a lot of people are getting their, their sale items in. Um, now, I'm not going to bring out because I got a large haul. I got like 13... Um, pickups from that sale um, but I you know a couple of the highlights I really I really uh, of course the Roadhouse uh, release is amazing um, you know I, I'm a big fan of the uh, the, the the magnetic uh, case design yeah. you know, which one of our uh, nominees for best uh, package design is the cloak and dagger set which has the same type of uh, package yeah. and uh, yes love the film I already taken taken a look at the 4k and it looks great um, looked at some of the new features uh, where they interview some of, some of the kind of lower level actors in, inside the, the film. And yeah, it's cool release. Uh, I don't see anybody else making another release of Roadhouse ever again uh, after um, that. That And then also I, I went ahead and checked, checked out the 4K um, of Freeway. Nice. Um, this, I, I, hadn't, I had not watched this in a long time and I actually pulled out the D, old DVD I had. And um I watched this 4K and I forgot how nuts this movie is. <laughs> this movie is fucking crazy. I mean, and it's filthy. And I, you know, oh, I had, yeah. I was like, I, my ba- my wife had just come home and I was watching it and I had the baby there getting ready to feed her. And all you hear in the background is like, you fucking filthy cunt. You know, <laughs> I, honey, I'm sorry. I forgot how filthy this movie is. Like I just, but it's, it's, it's a cool movie. It's really an interesting movie. Like, and, Kiefer is just weird in this movie. Like, um, but yeah, this is a, this is a cool release. And uh, other than that, I mean, I started when it comes to watches, like I started getting into the Doris Wishman um, release and I watched the last movie. I went to the end of the, the whole, all, the, the, the last disc and the last movie on that disc to a movie uh, called love toy. Um, wonder what that's about, uh, <laughs> but it's a film. It basically the whole movie I mean, is a softcore porn movie that's about this guy um, who loses like everything he has in a in a card game, and then he, the guy makes a deal with him to get all that stuff back if he lets him have a night with his daughter, and then the whole rest of the movie is like them playing these weird sex games for like an hour, in in one room, it, it, it's it's weird, but. It's actually kind of good. So is it, I don't know. It, maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. That, but, that's pretty much the byline for every Doris Wishman film, though. Yeah, I mean, you got movie. You got you know, you got what Agent Seventy Three. That's like she's shooting people with her tits. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's <laughs> fine. It's cool. It's what it is. And it's it's and honestly, there's some really clever stuff in there sometimes, and it's really charming, and it's really uh, it's really worth taking a look at. So um, yeah, I. I Anybody that's interested in Doris Wishman, there's the, all the, the what three volumes plus the Picarama stuff. Yeah. Get it. 
and this is about the time that we would say like uh the the non-existent god bless agfa because the amount of work that they put into some of these scans is ridiculous and to be frank like how many other labels would have said you know what we're gonna put in every single doris wishman film in just three releases except for two adult titles of vinegar syndrome is gonna do and we'll, we'll call that a day that's yeah. that that's that that takes a, a a brave soul to do something like that it, it is and and it, i mean just the long it, it's on the it's on that line of what severin has been doing you know with all the ray dennis deckler the the al adamson you know like yep. they're these filmmakers that are so uh you know obscure and and uh, unseen and just saying hey here's almost all their stuff if not all their stuff and uh that's they're giving us a gift every time they do it so yeah and when, when you put them together with the magnets it's basically one of those box sets it, it's one thing all built together uh you just had to pay in three three installments to do it the right way yeah yeah <laughs> All that is, man, giving some love for Lost Boys on the Shelf Shock ballot tonight. Uh, Josephine, this is a good question. Going to Vegas next week. Have either of you guys been to Vegas? And what is your favorite movie set there? Have not been to Vegas. Um, the closest I've been west was to Colorado. Uh, I drove there um, from North Carolina. I'm, I'm, I'm in North Carolina. I drove to Colorado to the Telluride Film Festival. Um, it's been about five or six years. Um that was an amazing trip, but but nah, I've never been to Vegas. Vegas is uh, I'm a little scared of Vegas. I feel like if I got went to Vegas, I'd get lost and I would never leave. And I would probably I, find uh, I would find Nicolas Cage there too, and it would probably know that would be the reason I didn't leave. <laughs> I grew up two hours away from Vegas, so I actually went to Vegas quite a few times. Uh, it, it was one of those places that people would just randomly decide, hey, we're going to Vegas just for the night and come home the next morning and. Uh, I didn't do that all too often, but the amount of things that I got to do, like to see the, the original run of the blue man group there was pretty legendary. Um, uh, of course, something like Penn and Teller that's been there for years. Uh, but favorite movie set there, I'm going to go with the remake of oceans 11, just because it is an iconic heist movie. I think it's, uh, peak Soderbergh. It is just simply one of the best. And obviously nowadays, a lot of people would probably go to the hangover because it's iconic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, Hangover, uh, definitely. Um, I mean, like the movie Casino is great. Uh, Vegas movie. Um, I, yeah, that's tough, though. I mean, I haven't really thought about it that much. That's a, that's a hard on the spot question. But, yeah. It's such a touristy town that there's not it, it. It's not really the backdrop for a lot of stuff. You would think that it would be for a lot more. What's that movie? Um, uh, isn't the movie Hard Eight a Vegas film? I think so. It's been a while yeah. since I've watched it. Yeah, I was gonna say it's either that or Atlantic City, but I, it's I believe it is a Vegas film, um, and that's so that's a good one. If that's yeah, I I love that uh, I brought up the neo noir tribute band, and now we're getting all kinds of ideas. John said I would start a Serbian film tribute band or Cat Three. Uh, <laughs> we got Manser Faust says I would always want to start a band of guys dressed up as '70s porn stars called the Sleazoid Express uh dude mcmahon i've always dreamed of doing a cover band that dies just uh sorry that does just obscure soundtrack songs that were never hit singles lots of frank stallone to pick from uh, -huh. uh terry we had a local band that was a morphine tribute band so much this is amazing it somebody get on this please, please. <laughs> we need to document all of these ideas yeah 
Uh, John Demarsco says the only right answer for Vegas is Showgirls. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a little in the nose, but sure, sure, okay. I didn't think of it. You thought of it. I forgot. <laughs> uh, as far as pickups, I got in some of the new imprint titles. We got in School Ties. Uh, these just came in from Imprint for Review. I'm doing a big imprint video probably early next week with like six or seven. This is the fab, ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains. This is one that we've been waiting for a Blu-ray release for a very long time. Cannot wait to see that one on high def. And then of course, maybe the one I'm looking forward to the most city of God. Uh, this release looks great. I, I do wish there was a little more on the disc. Uh, you can see there is a conversation uh featurette on there and then news from a personal war documentary and that's about it but either way imprint just still cranking out great stuff we just got a brand new neo-noir collection from them speaking of uh and, and they're just adding on i i think we're getting new announcements from them in like five hours yeah i was gonna say it's gonna be really close to, should we stay up for it should we continue this <laughs> i mean you know i i i think we'll pass on imprint tonight okay okay now now i did forget about these i'm sorry but the uh, Dario Argento stuff came Ooh, in. Nice. So I got my Severin stuff. I got the bundle. Um, and yeah, I, I can't wait to pop both of these in. I'm going to watch them back to back. I have to, if I can. Beautiful. Um, so I know you're I know you're excited about this one. I really am. Uh, Born to be Rads in the chat. What's going on? Uh, this is a good time to shout out that I will be on Garrett's channel tomorrow night at... Uh, I believe we're doing this. Let me check the calendar again. I think it's 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, yeah, 10 p.m. Eastern. And we are going to be going over everything. Shelf Shock, talking about the 80s as always on Garrett's channel and uh, disconnected stuff. So come hang out tomorrow night. It's going to be a good time. Uh, recent watches for myself. I really wanted to shout out one that just got a release from Arrow. And that is the Christmas movie, The Leech. Uh, this is a modern movie that... Uh, it's kind of branded as a horror movie, but I would say if you're going to go into this one, don't expect a horror movie because it is not very horror. And it, the odd thing is it's kind of a, a hard movie to assign a genre to. It's There's a lot of uh, religious parallels because the main character is a Catholic priest and they talk about how he is uh, allowing people to stay in his home and what they do to... Uh, take advantage of that situation unfortunately but it's acted very well for for a modern horror movie that is called horror at least this is a pretty good movie that's uh low budget flew under the radar but graham skipper graham skipper has been in a ton of different films he's in all the the joe uh joe Bigas films he's in um a couple others like uh the screen factory release that was also from ifc uh behind the gates I think is what it was called. Uh, it's about like a, a board game that's haunted. Anyways, um, he is great and he has grown so much over the last few years, but his, his performance in the leech is legit, legitimately incredible. I, I was shocked that he was so great in that. Yeah. I hadn't heard of that one. I don't, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I feel like I've seen the, I've seen it past. I've seen it online. People talking about picking it up, but I've never, never, never really heard about it until you're talking about it now. So. This is the art for it. A lot of people have been seeing this lately. Yeah, definitely. I've definitely seen that online. Um, I'll have to check it out. Have to check it out. High praise over there. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to get into some announcements. But first, Chasing Labels. What is Chasing Labels? Because you talk about announcements all the time. 
Oh, Jesus. Yeah. God, you just get sick of talking about them all the time. <laughs> Every damn day, more announcements come out. Uh, this week is pretty heavy. Um, but uh, yeah, Chasing Labels, of course, we we um, we do a weekly show where we do uh, kind of like this show, a rundown of the announcements. And along with that, we typically pair it with a uh, uh, an interview um, if we if we have one. Sometimes we don't have one. We like to take breaks on interviews sometimes, but typically we pair it with an interview with somebody inside the industry, whether it be from somebody's uh, one of the labels or, um, you know, somebody that's done, uh, you know, special features work or things of that sorts. Uh, you know, of course, other podcasters, other other uh, creators. And um, yeah, you know, uh, it's it's a, it's we're, we're having fun. You know, we're having fun. We get to talk about the thing that we literally talk about every day. Um, uh, and yeah, it's, it's on all the places that you can find this show, uh, you know, except for YouTube. We don't do YouTube really. We do, we do, we use YouTube as our special features, uh, to the show where we do like a little bit of reviews, a little bit of, you know, unboxing stuff and things like that. But, um, the primary podcast is just audio. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, we got, uh, the indicator, uh, co-owners of indicator on this coming week. So watch out for that though. John and Sam, they're great guys. We had them on before and, uh, yeah, we can, uh, maybe get into some of that indicator stuff, you know, uh, that hasn't come out yet this year. Maybe, you know, get, get a little bit more inside information on that, uh, J Michael Murphy set, you know, maybe get so listen, listen for that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting everybody to make sure they come and listen to that. Link link is in the description below. Make sure you're subscribed because they do incredible work over there. Some of the interviews that you guys have gotten are legendary, genuinely. Oh. They're stuff that people talk about, and it's it's so great. Well, thank you, man. I, and of course, man, dude, we we love your show. I mean, I I don't know about Andrew, but I love I love <laughs> I, I try to keep up with your show as much as I can. Of course, both of us doing what we do, we're busy, so listening to other people's things is kind of right. tough. Um, but as much as I can, I try to listen and pop into some of your live shows sometimes and say a couple things and, you know, and you, you just do great work on here. I love the, I, I'm trying to become more, I'm, I'm glad I was able to come on. I'm glad you invited me on cause I'd like to get more involved in the community. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's part of the fun of this and is, uh, being able to share it with everybody else and, and, you know, the love just grows, the love just grows the more we talk to each other about it. And, uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's important. And the community just grows. That's the important part. Oh, yeah. uh, one more mad dash through the chat before we open the announcements. Uh, Swift is here. What's going on? DC Eidner catching another live. What's going on? Been a while. Uh, John watched the leech. He says it's really fun, darkly comedic with a weird ending, and the orgy scene is especially hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stan Geezy watched the Banshees of Inisherin this week, and I am dying to see that. I saw that it was just added, I think, to HBO Max. I yeah. need to watch that uh, for sure. Uh, Terry just watched the Alligator 4K. That's up for a couple of Shelf Shock Rewind Awards this year. Uh, my sister's here. Courtney, what's going on? Uh, the Menu and Bones and All both recently announced no 4Ks for either one at the moment, it looks like. Maybe we'll hear about a 4K in four or five months or something. You will. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, John is shouting out something that I, I mean, I'll, I'll take the opportunity to, to shout out even further. There's a Discord. We got a really wonderful Discord behind our Patreon. Uh, if you join the Patreon, you can join it. We hang out and talk movies all day long. Uh, we've been talking about the Shelf Shock uh, Rewind Awards since they were announced, and 
People have been lobbying for certain titles that entire time. We discuss uh, announcements. We There's uh, buy, sell, trade in our Discord. So if there's something that somebody else is after that you're not keen on, you got p- other people you can trust, you can get rid of it. And uh, yeah, we, we, we are just here to have a great community. So check the links below if you're into that. But let's get to the important stuff, why we're all here, the announcements. So first off, Diabolic is hosting uh, an Indicator U.S. sale. Speaking of Indicator, they are live with that right now. Sale ends on the 18th of December, which is just the end of this weekend. They've got some pretty good prices. Did you look at this at all? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, there's, I think one of the big ones that I think would be good, I would say people go get while it's in stock is the, um, the uh, was it the, I, I, you know how I am with pronouncing things, the, the Pemi, Pemi, uh, organization one depending i I think it's the pamini organization organization one that one is a that's a great set um and then were then were some obscure british films that um you know you 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 can't find them anywhere else so i I would say that's a that's a that's one i kind of tried to push for for nominations and it it didn't didn't quite make it in the in the official nominations but um that's a a big one i would say if if you're looking for a direction to go that's a good one because i think it's like maybe down to like 20 something bucks or something like that. Um, yeah, it's very cheap. And the only thing I would say is unfortunately indicator has not done a ton of us releases so far. So it's not this big all encompassing sale that you would really hope for, for something like this, just because they don't have the number of releases. Uh, but the ones that they've done, they've chosen like fairly good titles. Um, the one I was going to highlight, John actually just commented the Brute is one that they released in the U.S., and it is uh, up there, like, top five indicator movies that I've ever seen. It's easily one of my best discoveries of the year. I, I love that movie. It is incredible. There, there's a film, I believe it's one of their U.S. releases. It's called Pastor Hall. Um, that one's a, a pretty good one. It's kind of a, a film about a, a, a pastor who... Uh, it's set during the World War, World War II, and it's... Um, you know, a, a man that's very clearly against the war in this set in Ger- Germany and he's against the war. He's there. And it's, uh, you know, it's just a very brave movie for the time period because, you know, we see a lot of films that were after the war talking about how they were against the war. But this was during the war and how they were against the war. Um, okay. And so pretty, pretty brave filmmaking there. And so it's that's def- I, one I would say I would recommend Interesting. I've not checked that one out yet. Uh, maybe that's something that you can throw in for your questions of, uh, can we get like twice as many U.S. releases this year? <laughs> maybe. Uh, all right. Uh, that, that's it. The link for the sale is in here. Uh, if you want to check it out, by all means, please click the link. Diabolic, definitely big friends uh, of the channel and of Chasing Labels. Jesse is just incredible. Always support them. They are fantastic. Most definitely. Next up, we are, uh, well, this one's passed, but uh, pay attention to Orbit DVD. They're another ones that are close friends of both of our channels. And uh, they had a used movie sale, and it went pretty well from what I heard. Uh, This is possibly one of the more exciting news because it is always great to see new boutique labels start in this community as well. And the first release from Treasured Films is now available to pre-order in many different places. They are putting out The Last Hunter, and this movie is uh, supposed to be pretty great. I don't think I've seen this one, 
But the cool thing is this is already up for pre-order at Grindhouse at Orbit. Uh, I think Diabolic may have put it up as well, but it, they're getting distribution immediately on their first title and uh, they're able to uh, pretty much get their name out there quickly. And it's a pretty loaded disc. So everything on here, we got a new 2K scan. We got uh, The Outsider, a feature-length documentary that is a tribute to the director's career by his son, which is pretty cool. There's a new audio commentary by Nathaniel Thompson, Troy Howarth, and Eugenio Ercolani, all three of which have been on the channel before, so please go support that. Uh, we got a new video essay by Eugenio again. We got a new interview with Eduardo Margariti and some others. This just for a first release, like this is very solid. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not really aware of the movie, uh, but you know, I've when it when it, when it was first announced, I know people seem to be you know kind of excited about it. And like you said, first as a first release, that much uh, you know coverage in the in the special features is amazing. I mean, uh, and Nathaniel being in there, that's always a good thing. Um, that says good for your first release. So uh, yeah, I mean, this is um, this is a big. Uh, We'll see where they go. You know, when you got a first uh, release like this, especially when you're not getting more than one, and you know, like it's not like Radiance where we got like a a slew of uh, titles, right. kind of understand maybe what their direction is going to be. So I'll be interested to see what the direction of this 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 label will be when it comes to what type of films they're going to cover. Are they or are they going to be very broad? I mean, so that's very true, uh, and unfortunately, also not like Radiance. This is not somebody that is sort of established in the industry this isn't somebody that has a great reputation like fran uh simeone has so we'll, we'll see uh graham who is the one that is running this label seems to be great i've talked to him already and he's just a fantastic person next up kina lober continuing to put out a lot of their classic flicks over this last week uh, from 1932 they are putting out if i had a million with wc fields gary cooper and charles lawton uh, so some big names there, but I am somebody that has a big blank spot on classics. And I know that you and Andrew cover these a lot more than me. So have you seen this one? No, I haven't seen it. You know, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew's the big one. Yeah. He sees everything yeah. um, it, because that's all he spends his time doing. But um, it's just literally just, <laughs> he wakes up. He probably, he might eat. Uh, and then he like watches, starts watching movies. Um, but uh, you know, of course, like you said, great cast there. Um, especially Gary Cooper, uh, Charles Lawton, you know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, you know, I, I don't always associate actors with the, you know, the films, especially, you know, older films. I'm more, I think about directors than I think about actors, but like, you know, I think Charles Lawton, I think Night of the Hunter, you know, like his only movie, um, right. you know, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to know more about it. Um, I don't know if there's a synopsis right there to, to know more about what the film's about, but like you said, that's a great cast there really is. Uh, this is certainly one I'd be interested in seeing, especially because it's 1932. That's uh, that's pretty old for some of these names. Yeah, and, and, and we being that being pre-code, you know, there could you know you never know when a pre-code film is going to hit on some interesting subject matter and do it in a way that is a little bit more, uh, you know, blunt than you would expect. You know, exactly. After after when the code comes in, then they have to be a little bit more clever. So that's true. Uh, another Kino Lober announcement. They are putting out Heat, 
Uh, not that heat. They're putting out Burt Reynolds' Heat from 1986. This is the one that was directed by Dick Richards. Uh, also stars Karen Young, a uh, name that a lot of people are familiar with. And uh, Burt Reynolds. Are you, a, are you a mustache fan for him? I, I mean, his mustache. I would take his mustache any day. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on and off with Burt Reynolds. I'm nothing, nothing that I'm, you know, I hate him. It's just he's an actor that... Um, has a certain spectrum and if i was in the if i'm in the mood for a masculine mustached man movie that's what i'll watch you know but that doesn't come around very often so i don't watch it you know i know people are big fans of Smokey and the bandit um yeah. you know i've of course i've seen um the longest yard the original that's probably one of my favorites of his um uh and then you know of course growing up i i, I seen a lot of the later stuff um and then he just kind of faded out, you know, we didn't, we didn't see a lot of him later on. Um, and I never got around to seeing his last film, which I heard was uh, pretty interesting um, where he kind of is playing himself in a way. Oh, the, I think that was an eight twenty four film, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Interesting. I know I he was playing her and he was like, he was, you know, I think he was like going to like a comic con or something like that. I mean, he, he was getting some kind of like, I, it's been a while. It's been, it's been, five or six years but um yeah i mean he's always been a, an interesting iconic uh actor and then you know in film and um i mean i i definitely would love to check it out especially if it's anything like the other heat movie probably not <laughs> could you imagine burt reynolds playing like the narrow who would if he played the say he played the De Niro character who would be cross burt reynolds to play the al pacino character who would who would be an actor of that time that would it, rep- I mean, to be frank, it would probably have to be somebody like Chuck Norris. Oh, man, that would be amazing. (laughs) Heat. And then Val Kilmore would be played by like, I'm going to I'm going to just throw in like Bruce Lee, like Bruce Lee. But, you know, plays Val Kilmer's character. Oh, here we go. Anthony Perkins. Oh, shit. That's actually fucking perfect. Yeah, that crazy. That crazy. Yeah, that works perfect for the Val Kilmer character. Yeah. We're making the new movie right now. <laughs> I love the way he just casted that whole film. <laughs> uh, the film is the last movie star, directed by Adam Rifkin, is the one that he was in. That's the last one. Okay. Okay. Cool. Josephine had a great time chatting, going to bed. Good night. Have fun in Vegas. Uh, next up, we are. Oh, I had an interview with Josh Rubin, the star of the Shutter film out now, A Wounded Fawn. I thought it was a fun interview. Give it a watch if you are into it. But the important stuff, let's talk about some movies. Cauldron is putting up City of the Living Dead in 4K for pre-order tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. And that time is not on the screen right now because they had not revealed that until, I believe, earlier today. So tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, make sure you are ready. The website is down at the moment so that they can load it up and uh, make sure that everything is good to go for the launch. This is a pretty big title for them, obviously. This is one that has a huge cult following. And uh, with a a Fulci title coming out in 4K that's not from Blue Underground, that's not from some of these other labels, a lot of people are, you know, they're not necessarily worried about the quality from Cauldron, but just, it's, it's Fulci, please do it right type of thing. But also, this is one of those titles that has had like 900 releases, unfortunately. 
And uh, yes, uh, John is pointing out that this is called Gates of Hell to us in the U.S. Uh, I've always called it City of the Living Dead for some reason. I never had it called Gates of Hell. But uh, the big thing, there is some some slight details that they've been uh, saying in comment sections across social media. And it sounds like this is genuinely going to be a title that you are going to feel like this is a definitive release that you're not going to feel bad about upgrading. And that will probably be very worth the money. Uh, I am curious to see how much they charge. I'm curious to see what they got for extras. But it sounds like it's going to be freaking fantastic. Uh, City of the Living Dead or Gates of Hell? What, what do you... I, honestly, you and I have never talked about Fulci. What do, you, what do you think? Have you seen this one? I have seen it. Um, it's been a minute. Um, but it's... Uh, i definitely seen it. And uh, I've always caught it City of the Living Dead, too. I, that's... It, I don't think I'd... I think I accidentally discovered the secondary title when I was trying to watch it initially. And when you like search it, you're like, where the fuck is this movie? And it's, you know, and then you, and then you're like, why does it keep saying, you know, gate, gate of hell, you know, like, I'm like, what is this? And then you click on it finally, you're like, Oh, this is the fucking movie. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it it is a really, uh, you know, iconic kind of, you know, cult horror movie that um, yeah, has, has, like you said, 900 releases, I believe at what arrow put it out. Um, Arrow put it out in the UK, uh, Scorpion put it out in the US, and actually uh, Dark Force put it out on a double feature disc for their drive-in series in the US as well. Yeah, it's 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 definitely one of them titles that I think everybody um, will be very pumped for for a, def- uh, a def- more a 4K definitive kind of release. And honestly, I think Cauldron is a good label for this because, you know, not, not that any any of these big labels can you know do the same thing. An Arrow could can put out a great li- release of this, and but you know, Cauldron's a small label, but being when they're a small label and they only you know do a, a one release every once in a while or two releases every once in a while, that means they put extra attention to that one release. Yep. And I think um, that that's going to be beneficial for a film like this. So I I have no, you know, I I have a couple of the Cauldron films. I I need to get Shanghai Joe. That's one I'm. Because <laughs> I, I love that movie. That movie's hilarious. Um, but uh, you know, I have Murder in the Blue World, uh, great release. Uh, I, I love um, Eloy De La Glace's films. Um, yeah, that's a that's a big one for me. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think you have to worry about this not being a great release. So, and the big thing is this. Uh, I don't think I said it when I was ramping up to this. This is their first 4K disc, and. That is a big deal, and a lot of these labels take that very seriously because that first one, it it will lead you to some sort of uh, reputation, basically. And, and the people that have that impression of you, you want it to be a good, lasting impression. And with a title like this, you really don't want to mess it up. And I, I have no reason to believe that this is going to be anything besides spectacular. Yeah, and, and also, you know, being that Jesse's behind Jesse from Diabolics behind this, he knows almost better than anybody, even people that work in the, you know, for the labels, how important it is to get this right. Because he hears all the crap. He hears all the crap firsthand from you guys who, you know, you know, he knows what you guys want. And he's going, he, 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 he's, you'll be all right. We'll be all right. Well said. Next one up. Uh, Raro video is putting out. Let's hope it's a girl. Uh, I, first of all, I'm shocked that we are getting titles from Raro suddenly 
kind of uh, on, a, on a regular basis. I think this is the third or fourth in the last handful of months, which is way better than it used to be. This is from 1986. And uh, as I always say when we talk about these, don't forget Raro or Raro, however you say it, they are a Kino Lorber partner label title. And you should always buy direct from Kino Lorber, not from Raro, because who knows when you're going to get that disc. Uh, they've had a really bad reputation for the last handful of years of uh, getting getting money from people and then not sending items for literally multiple years. <laughs> I got I got a movie that I bought from Zavi that never was sent that I paid money for. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that damn movie. Sorry. Hmm. Sorry. I'm got upset. No, you're good. That's that's good to know. Uh, this one's directed by Mario Monticelli, and it is the award-winning Let's Hope It's a Girl 1986, a cor coruscating battle of the sexist comedy, uh, which when I when I think of this label, I don't really think of comedies. Uh, that won seven David Donatello Awards, including Best Film. So uh, this this might be a good choice. I've not seen this one. I, I'm going to assume that you have not as well. No. Uh, you know, uh, we're getting a, a lot of, uh, especially with the Radiance, a lot of Italian films lately. Just a lot of, lot of wealth. Very true. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have the next announcements from Chameleon Films. And they are putting out a Johnny Toe double feature of Election and Election 2 from 2005 and 2006. I am glad that we got an announcement from them. When you have new labels that start up like they did, where they had three titles back to back, you get a little worried when there's nothing for a few months. So it's nice to see that something else is coming, especially to follow it up with this. Johnny Toe is a big, big name. And uh, this is going to be coming together in a special slipcase edition, including two Blu-ray discs, a reversible sleeve, a booklet, audio commentaries, newly translated subs, and exclusive new supplementary content and archival extras, which is great. Uh, they're going to be revealing more on this soon, and you can bet that we will be talking about it when they do. Uh, I'm hoping that this comes out soon, and uh, we, we can get this sooner or later, because a lot of people, I'm sure, are going to be loving this release. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Toe has it's been, been a re renaissance of Johnny Toe lately. Um, you know, I think it kind of started with that, that Criterion release of Throwdown, and then it seems like after that, we've just continued to get more Johnny Toe from everywhere. Um and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen I've seen the first election. It's it's a cool it's a cool crime film. Um, uh, I haven't seen the second one. Andrew, we were talking about I was talking about it with Andrew earlier. Um, he's he watched both of them, of course, already, because that's all he does is watch shit. And uh, he said that the second film is like drastically like violent, more violent than the first movie. Like he's like first movie is like a crime movie. You can get on board. You know, it's, it's kind of pretty, pretty much, you know. No, nothing too crazy. Then you go to the second film and it's like, just shit gets crazy. And it's like, okay, all right, you got me. Um, I think both of these films are easy to watch. I think they're both on like Tubi. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. So yeah, easy to go check them out before deciding to buy it. But um, Johnny Toad's just uh, from everything I've seen so far, um, you know, of course they had the, uh, what was the other film that they released, Chameleon released that was Johnny Toad? They had two of them, right? Uh, Exiled, I think might've been yeah, his. Exiled. Yeah, um, that was good. And uh, his, you know, if anything, he's a great style, stylish director. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he really, honestly, he choreographs action 
better than some of the some of the best choreographed action I've ever seen. When it comes, especially when it comes to gunplay, um, it, it's it's great. So uh, yeah, I mean, just keep bringing us more Johnny Toe. Yeah, uh, Eureka's put out a handful of Johnny Toe titles as well. There, there's plenty out there if you're into him. Um, I wanted to to maybe conjure his presence on the chat tonight, and I will bring up Andrew again and just shout out how funny it is how you guys talk about announcements. And I swear, every single week, he'll literally say, you know, this got announced on Tuesday, and so I watched it Tuesday night. And I'm like, man, how do you have all of this time? <laughs> yeah, he, he uh, it's just his lifestyle. I mean, he just, uh, he... He's got it set up where he can just how I I feel the same way about you you and how much you do. I'm like I don't know how he does all that shit. Pisses me off. Pisses me my, off. My kids are slightly older than yours. Yeah, but still, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like this dude really doesn't sleep at all. That's true. <laughs> Speaking of Eureka, let's discuss their next two announcements, which are the wonderful in the line of duty three. And then uh, just to surprise on the next one, In the Line of Duty 4. These both got announced. They are both coming on March 20th in the UK from Eureka. And they are getting a, a slew of extras. These look like really great releases. Uh, however, uh, not putting down Eureka. to Get them if you want them. Get them if, if they suit you. Keep in mind, if you are in the US, 88 Films is putting out the box set with all four of the In the Line of Duty films, which Eureka is doing all four as well, but they're all single releases. Uh, but we don't know the uh, features on the 88 Films box yet. So unfortunately, we're kind of in a little bit of a waiting game to find out you know, what we might be, be looking for. Uh, have you seen these ones? Uh, no, I haven't, I didn't get a chance to watch, uh, you know, I always have a chance, but you know, the baby just takes my time. Right. But I know Andrew's seen them. Uh, he, he says they're interesting. He says they're fun. Like, th and the thing is, is they're not really, I don't, I believe he told me that they're not really connected in, in any real way. Like any, right. like, yeah, they're, they're kind of put together just out of necessity, you know, just wanting to build a franchise for money. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I hear they're they're pretty pretty fun action movies and female female led action movies and um, yeah I, I mean I'll check them out eventually. So this one is getting the limited edition slip on this with art by Darren Wheeling who always does great stuff. Uh, we get a Blu-ray with a new 2K restoration, Cantonese and English audio options both in the original mono presentations. Uh, we got subs on this, of course, but they are newly translated uh, by Frank Jing, I believe. We got a new feature-length commentary by Frank Jing. We got a new feature-length audio commentary also by Mike Leader and Arna Venema. We got a new interview with the star, Cynthia Khan. Another new interview with Michiko Nichiwaki. And that is it for this one. And then In the Line of Duty 4 brings back Cynthia Khan and also adds Donnie Yen to the mix. And this one has a lot of the same type of features. We got a new uh, commentary with Frank Jang, a new commentary with Big Mike Leader and Arna Venema. Uh, there's an archival commentary on this one by Hong Kong expert Stefan Hammond and the lead actor Michael Wong and some archival interviews, plus some new interviews with the cast and crew. These look great. Uh, first, uh, Eureka, because they, they don't announce stuff all that often. And because you're here on the week that we do it, uh, how do you feel about Eureka? Because I don't think they get quite enough love and respect for what they do. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, um, you know, I think I, I think about them. I think about uh, labels like even Studio Canal. 
um, you know, they, they're there and, you know, but they're, they don't typically get talked up as, as top tier, you know, labels. Um, but, you know, they weren't sh- these, you know, like Eureka wasn't shy getting into the 4k game. Um, right. You know, they, they, you know, they, you know, Studio Canal too, you know, they, they, there's so many UK labels. I think they kind of get, some of them get buried. Um, it's just funny that, that somebody like Eureka is one of the ones that kind of gets buried because they were, they've been around for a good while. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, I've just always loved, they always put out solid releases and they're always affordable. You know, that's the one thing about them too, is just like 88 films, they're really solid uh, banger releases and they, they're always affordable. They're not overly, you know, they don't, you know, they don't always put out like luxury packages. They don't always put out, um, you know, uh, they don't put out a lot of ton of box sets, you know, and I love box sets, but um, they, you know, the titles are always good. And a lot of Jackie Chan, I've been collecting all the Jackie Chan. Um, I've been collecting, you know, the masters, masters of cinema series just got, you know, the stuff that some of the silent films. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know why. I don't know if it's just they're not flashy. Maybe it's that they're not that flashy, but I, I think that they're just such a, you know, they they give a hundred and ten percent on their on the, all their releases, and yeah, they don't do a ton of stuff, but it's usually like a three three release month, you know, every other month or something. You yeah, know? yeah, they're consistent. And I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up on here uh, the thing that I always try to highlight on Eureka, and that is the fact that they are a, like a freaking magician somehow because they have free worldwide shipping no matter how many titles you buy. So if you buy one 20-pound title from Eureka, it is coming to your house in Australia for free. It is coming to your house in California for free, which is mind-boggling that they can do that i i don't understand how they can get away with that for so long and still stay in business yeah that's amazing that's an amazing honestly i don't think i was aware of that that's amazing um that's uh that's a gift people so uh you should buy direct from them um absolutely give, give them your money uh as much as you can because they're giving you a gift of free shipping so it's a big deal to into especially in 2022 uh, this one, I, I usually wouldn't highlight something that had been announced previously, but I figured a lot of people on here might be interested in hearing some of the details on this. Uh, Scream Team releasing. They are sort of an indie horror label. They've put out, it's not like a small number of titles. They're up to something like 25-ish titles. So they're they're not prolific necessarily, but for an indie horror label, they're, they're established at this point. Um, they have a new film that's a sequel to one of their like tentpole films, which is The Barn, that is out now called The Barn 2. And the notable part of this release is that if you order from their site right now, you can get a copy that is signed by Doug Bradley, Joe Bob Briggs, Darcy the Mail Girl, Linnea Quigley, Ari Lehman, and then, of course, the cast and crew that is in the film. It is it is a an, an anthology film. So th- there's a few different stories in this. That's why there's so many big names attached to it. But it looks to be like a pretty solid release. And the only reason I can say that is because of one of my pickups. I backed this on Kickstarter like three years ago. And it's Whoa. finally in. And I have it right here. It is Inception. Uh, the Barn. Uh, they The first one is pretty good. I've not watched this one yet because it literally just came in. But uh, it looks great. I, I'm stoked that it came out like this. And then... Uh, 
I forgot there is alternative art here, so you can see a little more of the style that they're going with on this release. And uh, yeah, they do they do good stuff. So if you're wanting some good autographs, and honestly, I, they could have probably charged a lot more. The one that's signed by everybody is seventy five dollars, and if you take Doug Bradley's name off of it, it's fifty five. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, not terrible. That's not terrible. Uh, I've never been into signatures. I mean, uh. uh... That's, that's, you know, just seems like, I mean, I don't live anywhere near where anybody, uh, it, it, we get a couple Comic-Cons around here, but like, ain't even anybody close to us that would ever sign anything that's worth, uh, you know, you, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, that's Joe Bob Briggs in there. I mean, that's that's a big one right there for me, uh, um, yeah. but that's, uh, I, I love a good anthology horror film, um, so yeah, you know, you had to let me know how that second film is. Sweet. Uh, next up, uh, we are getting a Blu-ray steelbook uh, that that is seemingly, according to the response online from some people, this is some alarm bells. Uh, a Blu-ray steelbook of Chicago is coming to celebrate the 20th anniversary. This is coming on February 7th, and uh, if you don't know, Chicago is put out by Paramount, who just recently has uh, done the classic, we're going to release Wayne's World on a Blu-ray steelbook, and then six months later release Wayne's World in a 4K steelbook that is identical but 4K. So I'm not going to say don't buy it, uh, especially if you love the film and you like the art, but uh, you might want to be a little bit leery. Uh, I'm going to say it for you. Uh, don't buy it. Uh, but because... Yeah movie <laughs> i it's just no, no, you should buy it if you like the movie but i i personally i don't care for the movie so i, I won't be buying this one <laughs> I, I gotta be honest i like the soundtrack quite a bit i played the soundtrack a lot uh when i was uh i wasn't ever a theater kid so i don't know why but uh yeah i, I like a lot of the songs in this but i i don't necessarily think that it came together in a great film yeah it won best picture too and that when it when movies win best picture that i'm not a fan it makes me hate him even more uh so you know, unfortunate but it's uh, maybe i could have liked the movie if it had no one best picture but i don't know this may be the comment of the month right now uh dc says teacher says every time paramount releases a blu-ray a 4k gets its wings <laughs> <laughs> that is perfection uh next one this one seems like a decent pickup if you like the movie, though. On February 7th, Best Buy is going to have an exclusive 4K steelbook of Warm Bodies from 2013. I never got around to seeing this one, but I know that the people that like this movie really like this movie. And uh, it's supposed to be decent. And even though the post says the pre-order is not live yet, it went live like four hours after I posted this. So you can go pre-order this right now. And because it's Lionsgate, it's pretty damn cheap for a decent 4k steelbook it's like 20 22 something like that uh warm bodies have you seen this one yeah yeah i've seen warm bodies um it's uh you know in the height of the craze of zombie film you know uh, brought on by the walking dead yeah. i believe this came out of the middle of that and uh and uh yeah it, i mean it's a good it's a good kind of alternative zombie you know movie because it's it's more of a comedy romance than it is right. a horror movie. And uh, uh, Nicholas Holt plays the lead zombie. And he's, he, he's just, what a career Nicholas Holt's putting together um, between his character in Mad Max. Um, I don't know. What's the name of the show he does on Hulu? I love. Oh yeah. I can't um, remember the name. 
God, it's like the great or something like that. Um, but he plays like a prince and he's a fucking asshole in that movie, in that show. And he's amazing. He's amazing in that show. Um, but just his career, I know he's in that new movie, The Menu. Um, yep. And I hear that's great. And I just love his career. And this was one of his kind of earlier films. And I, his choices and in this movie, he just plays this just awkward zombie who's, you know, you get his inner monologue and you get his like, you know, and it's just it's it's a charming zombie movie that I think is a good change up from just the normal. So, yeah, I, I'll probably pick this up. You you nailed the title. I just checked on IMDb and it is called The Great. So good job. OK, cool. Awesome. I did something right. I had coffee. <laughs> well, uh, when we get to those French titles, I'm definitely making you pronounce the names. Nope. <laughs> Let's get, uh, get Andrew on here. Let's get Andrew on here. This title has made waves for a lot of people when I posted this announcement. Uh, so this is coming from Kino and Unseen Cinema on February 21st. Uh, this is 21 experiments with silent film and new music that they are calling Silent Avant-Garde. This has work by Marcel Duchamp, uh, Man Ray, Orson Welles, Mary Ellen Butte, and more. And there is... A long list of stuff here. They have all of the artists and filmmakers, directors, certain musicians that you can catch on here. This looks like a wild, like very classic, classic Kino release. Yeah, I, I tried looking. The thing is, is you can look up these titles on YouTube and find a lot of this stuff. And I'm telling you, I looked through the first few and they are very experimental. They're very, some of it's literally you know, like up 12 minutes of just images. Like it's not, it's not even like a, it's not narrative. It's very just images moving and think, you know, it's, it's, it, but it's fascinating. I mean, it's fascinating that people, uh, you know, uh, film filmmakers of that time were, were trying to find their voice and uh, figure out, you know, even at that time, you're finding some very surrealistic, uh, you know, weird perspectives. And, um, yeah, and, and when you have voices like Orson Welles on that list, that's that's kind of jump out, out at you. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, this looks like one of them classic uncover, like you say, classic Kino releases where they just uncover a bunch of silent film that nobody else is going to be able to put out. So The years on these releases, too, might make this interesting for a lot of people. Uh, we have stuff from 1922, 23, 24, 25... 30, 31, uh, all the way through 36, 49, 1973. And then there's even one Tenga Fey from 2022. And these are getting, uh, let's see, there are 21 short films in this, all in HD, but uh, it ranges from just a, like a simple HD scan to 5K scans from 35 millimeter and 16 millimeter elements. This is going to be a, a very interesting release, and I can't wait to see how people respond to it. Definitely, definitely. Next up, uh, one that people have not responded to at all because Disney failed to advertise it anywhere. Uh, we already know about the physical release of Strange World coming from Disney on February 14th in a 4K Steelbook exclusive to Best Buy uh, I gotta be honest, when I first saw the trailer, I thought this movie looked pretty decent. And it's from from the 14 people that went and saw it, it sounds like it got pretty decent reviews. Um, but they are gonna, you know, still be putting it out on 4K. And 
with the changeup in the CEOs at Disney, who knows? Maybe the next couple of years we'll be seeing a return to some physical media. It could be nice. That would be. That would be. <laughs> I haven't heard about this one, though. I hadn't heard about it. I like the art on this one, but it genuinely got like a silent theatrical release, and I don't understand why. It's it's a very curious release. Hmm. Uh, next up, Shelf Shock Rewind. We're going to talk about that in just a little while, but keep in mind that uh, you should follow Shelf Shock Rewind on all of the social medias because we have things like giveaways that we do. We have things like... Uh, videos that we're going to be posting. We're going to be uh, trying to get some chats in with all the people that are involved as much as we can and uh, just as much content as we can shove down your throats for the next 30 days to get people to vote so that the award show, when it happens as seen on the bottom of this panel, on February 19th at 7 p.m. Eastern, that we can get as many people as we can to uh, hang out. And Stephen decided to leave for a second. <laughs> I will get him popped back in in just a second. I'm going to keep going, though. Uh, this one is a big deal. Warner Brothers uh, has announced the 100-year celebration of the studio, and they uh, kind of slyly dropped in that they are going to be doing 4K home video releases of The Exorcist, Enter the Dragon, and a Superman 5-film collection, plus more, all coming in 2023. Uh, a lot of exciting titles here. Uh, the Exorcist, one that a lot of people have been saying, why don't we have on 4K yet? I'm betting it's going to look great. This is this is the type of film that we really need good HDR to see. Uh, what are you thinking about this announcement? Because this this came out in in a pretty like grandiose fashion. This was everywhere. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know. I'm really curious to see what kind of, you know, what films they're going to cover. I mean, what, yeah. what, what, are, what, what's, I mean, are we going to just hit like, you know, are we going to be like a Paramount presents? Are we going to like hit some of some kind of like interesting titles and, but mostly hit like popular old catalog titles or like, so I'm, I'm very, I'll be very fascinated to see where they go with this because I mean, it's, you know, we know Warner brothers has a, has a very, large and very good catalog you know a lot of places they could go um and uh yeah i mean it, if it, this could be a chance to get a lot of great upgrades that maybe we've been waiting to get for a while so that's true and the other part of the article that could speak on exactly what you're talking about here is they said warner brothers is set to release a series of celebratory film and tv bundles on digital Blu-ray and DVD, including four 25-film volumes and a 100-film collection, both featuring souvenir collectibles, complete TV series collections available for the first time ever, and best-of-TV compilations from Warner Brothers TV franchises. I mean, I I don't know, you know, when I, when I read a 100-film collection, that's not a normal sentence. That's... That sounds fake. I, that must it must have been supposed to have been ten, and they accidentally hit another zero. Um, but but I, I what? Um, it, it sounds like uh, an expensive year coming up. If you're uh, gonna it, whatever this ends up being, it sounds expensive. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I guess if you guys are really into this, start saving your money now. And, and the hard part is when you're putting out a hundred film collection, it to not be cost prohibitive 
it has to be filled with a lot of, I, I hate to use the word filler, but it's got to be a lot of filler. And a lot of those, most people that own physical media probably already have a lot of them. So I, I don't want to be down on the idea of a hundred film collection, but uh, that's going to be a hard sell. So they're going to have to do something really, really great to make it enticing. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, and I, and I think maybe this, you know, this kind of plays into what Paramount has done with like their Paramount presents. Like not that, not that any of them releases are terrible necessarily, but like, I think they do miss a little bit of the point of what makes these releases interesting. I, you know, yeah. like they, they did do some, some, some decent packaging, but they didn't really go all in on 4k right away. They did also didn't, they don't really go full in on features. And I think some of these, um, you know, these big, big studios don't really understand why people buy physical media. They right. just think putting it on disc is enough. Um, so we'll see how far they go with these releases to know if this is actually worth getting excited about. So, I, I love that this is about uh, a Warner announcement, and now I'm just going to steer into talking trash about Paramount. But uh, the, the main thing about Paramount Presents that I have not loved is it is hard to get behind a line like that when you are pres literally presenting, like I, I hate to overuse that word when it's called Paramount Presents, but uh, when you're presenting this as a boutique idea, but then you don't even do great restorations or any restorations on some of them. They're just the old master that's been around for like 15 years that is nowhere near up to any modern quality standards. So that's, that's my least favorite thing about the Paramount Presents stuff. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it, it's, it, it, I, I, that kind of plays into like uh, some of people, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan. We're all fans of imprint too. Imprint's another label that doesn't spend a lot of time on restoration work. And, and of course they, they've been able to strike a deal with Paramount and get a lot of titles from them. So they're kind of in a similar boat with me, but I love imprint because they, they do so much feature work that it makes up right. for what they don't do. And, you know, they don't do restorations. They, they get really, they get the best master they can find and then put a great package around it. Um, yeah. So um, if, if Paramount would go that step further, and at least, you know, try to add more contextual stuff that's interesting, then you could forgive the fact that, you know, a little bit that they're not doing any more to help the picture quality. But you'd think somebody that already has the ownership of something would take the time to spend yeah. just a little bit of that, that money that they have billions of dollars on and just, you know, clean up the movies a little bit. But Just a little bit. Uh, next up, another modern film. Tar is coming on uh, literally next Tuesday. I, I don't understand how this went so deep before it got an actual press release, but this is coming on 4K next week. And unfortunately, I'm not seeing a single special feature listed for this film. Uh, I've been dying to see it, but that does not mean I'm going to be able to spring for a bare bones 4K release from a studio on day one. So uh, yeah, interested to see this. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure you're not getting out to many theater visits nowadays. Uh, have you seen Tar yet? No, I, I know it's dropped on early, I think early access on, on VOD. Um, but I'm not spending 20 bucks just for me to watch that movie Yeah, uh, because my wife's not going to watch that movie. Um, and so it would be me paying $20 to watch it. Eh, I'll wait for that to go down in price before I watch. actually, to be honest, I have a friend. He's actually a film critic. His name's Dan Skip Allen. I've had him on the show. He's actually going to, I think, try to send me screeners. 
of nice a bunch of stuff that he's gotten for the year and i was like dude please like i'm not i'm not i'm not getting out to see anything like i want to see the whale i want to see bones and all i want to see all these movies and i want to have to pay for all of them um and so he's i think he's going to send me something at the end of the year of uh, a bunch of the screeners so hopefully i'll catch up that's good that's uh that's nice to have somebody close that that can offer something like that uh all right the next and i believe final release from this series is coming from kino on february 28th and that is season three of george simonin's migret or my gray i don't remember the way that we said this uh was the right way to pronounce it last time andrew's not here so i can't call on him but uh if you are into collecting these it looks like all three are going to have a uh, slipcover and one interesting thing that i noticed when i was saving this uh to upload it has the kino classics label but also the network label and network is a very obscure boutique blu-ray company from i, I think the uk uh they might be somewhere else in europe but uh they they don't do a whole lot but when they release things they do a master masterwork. Uh, the big things that they've done the last few years, they were the ones that did that Monty Python full series collection that people were receiving and the box was falling apart. Uh, unfortunately, that was a, a gray spot for them. Uh, but they also are the ones that put out the, the original, the lady in black or the woman in black, the old UK, like uh, hammer esque sort of, haunted house thriller and uh yeah the great work on that release so yeah network always has great quality and it looks like they probably handled all of this and kino's just in charge of distribution in the u.s so this is probably if you're into this sort of uh release this is probably gonna be top-notch quality awesome next up two more of the site exclusives from shout factory <laughs> And uh, these ones are a little frustrating because this just continues to happen. Both of these are Roger Corman produced titles, which means Shout Factory owns these outright forever. And uh, unfortunately, they are listed as site exclusives limited to 1,500 copies and then gone forever. So we are getting Black Belt. Uh, this one is from 1992 and stars Don the Dragon Wilson. And uh, Don is back in 1989's Blood Fist. Both of those are able to be purchased from the site now. And uh, the worst thing, they are charging $30 for these, for stuff that they have owned the rights for these for years. And there's nary a special feature to be found on either of these releases. Yeah, I'm not, not loving that. Um, yeah, like you said, it's become a thing um with the roger corman stuff and uh and yeah and the, the thing is is it, it, it sucks because these are fun movies i mean I, i've seen both of these movies and uh blood fist i mean blood fist is like the uh, you know they like to advertise this as the most realistic martial arts movie uh kind of fight you know fighting wise and everything and it's basically the movie blood sport um <laughs> blood sport uh, which is the van damme film um you know it's the almost the same movie it's just you know, what they consider to be more realistic fighting. Um, I, I don't think it's nearly got as much of cinematic filmmaking going on in Blood Fist as there is in Blood Sport. But, uh, you know, Don Wilson's a, is, is, I think, a, a really charismatic, you know, leading guy for, you know, for his time. And um, I, I really enjoy, I enjoy watching him. Uh, the other film, uh, Black Belt, the funny, th the funny thing I realized about that movie 
was uh, the same. Guess what came out? This because the premise is about how there's this rock star, female rock star singer who uh, her life is threatened by this psychopathic killer guy. Guess what other movie came out the same year? Bodyguard, starring <laughs> Kevin Costner, <laughs> with almost the same plot where he's got a yep. female singer from you know a bad person. You know, it's it's like. I was like, I had to figure out which one came first. And, and funny enough, Black Belt came first. So I'm thinking that that Kevin Costner movie was a ripoff of Black Belt. Damn you, Whitney Houston. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I, I love the sarcastic comment from Ragnar. Hey, uh, if you buy them both, you get free shipping. Yeah. <laughs> or you yeah. can buy one and it's like $37 for a bare bones release shipped to you. Is there some rebate I can get? Can I send in something, get a rebate? <laughs> yeah, Shout Factory is uh, going a little too far on those. Um, let's see another classic. The Long Wait is coming from, uh, sorry, Classic Flicks on March 21st. And the cool thing, this is going to be a UHD release. I believe this is their second UHD title. They just did one recently that was uh, the UHD and uh, 3D release that they did. This one looks like it's going to have an audio commentary uh, by Mike Hammer. And uh, he is, uh, let's see, uh, that is a weird mistype, I think, on my behalf. Or maybe they had it written wrong on theirs. Uh, it says, audio commentary by Mike Hammer, continuation writer. Um, okay, maybe I just read that funny. Uh, sorry. Max Allen Collins is the one that is doing that. He's the co-author of Spillane. And uh, there's an image gallery. Classic Flicks does really great work, but they're a little pricey on release. And if you're into 50 cinema and 4K, no one else would do a title like this immediately unless it was like a Criterion type of release. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 once again, they're, they're a label that you don't see a ton of stuff. Uh, but when they do, it's usually pretty pretty solid. So, yeah. Um, I, I did want to throw out while we were talking about Classic Flicks that if you are keen on their little rascal sets which are like mind-blowing restorations if you grew up with the original little rascals they are available for the entire collection on hamilton book right now for i think it's 50 dollars. you can get all of them which is a stupendous buy that is a a stupid good price yeah uh, a lot of people had been questioning if this line from Kino was long gone, but out of nowhere, we got the next announcement for the Forbidden Fruit line, and this is coming on uh, February 28th. This is volume 14, and this is going to have three titles, Nudist Life, plus 10 Days in a Nudist Camp, and Shangri-La. Some of the special features in this are hilarious. We got some short films, Back to Nature, The Exposé of the Nudist Racket, uh, that one's from 1938. Curious to see how, how that one would, would fare. Nature Girls, Nudes, Nudists, and Nudism Around the World, Nudist Memories. Uh, some of these Forbidden Fruit releases are great. Little snapshots that you would not expect to see ever get a release. And they're fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, we see them teaming up with Agfa sometimes with the Vinegar Syndrome stuff. Um, and yeah, I have, I think I have maybe eight or nine of these. I need to catch up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a very, it's one of the, you know, like I say all the time on my show, I love to collect everything in my, in my collection because, uh, 
I want to have such a wide spectrum. I want to be able to say I have every a little bit of everything. And this is once again another part of cinema that um, doesn't get a lot of uh, uh, a spotlight. So I like I like when I see lines like this, um, even if even if you know they're just trash movies. I just I want them because they nobody else is going to have them. One day nobody's going to have this, but I will. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, it that's the way I see it. But. Yeah, they. I think it was. I'm trying to see. Uh, I think it was number five or six. They did like the original Reefer Madness. Yep. Uh, yep. Release and it's it is so crazy to see just the and the amount of time that has been gone. And now we're talking about legalizing, you know, recreationally in a lot of states. And it's such a, a trip to go back through some of these and see the exploitation films that were there to genuinely scare people. And what we live in now. It's a really fascinating line. If you like uh, your exploitation with the side of history, this is a fun line to dive into. Yeah, I was going to say it's a time capsule. They're time capsules because it really gets into how people thought back in them, them times, you know, and and uh, just it's that's what makes them. Yeah, it almost makes them all like comedies. They're really all just really yeah. fun because you're like, why would people think this way? You know, like, you know, like it's so it's yeah, it's it's a cool line. Next up, we got our Criterion announcements, and those just came out today, so we're we're almost caught up. Uh, the first one, we got a 4K UHD, re UHD reissue of Mildred Pierce, and uh, this is another one from Criterion that seems like an odd upgrade to me. It seems like pretty much every month they're doing a single 4K upgrade to something that they'd put out previously. I do kind of wish that they had been upgrading stuff that was on DVD only uh, and upgrading either to 4K and Blu-ray or at least just Blu-ray. But uh, this is one that I, I, I'm not sure who is clamoring for Mildred Pierce on UHD when we already had a good Blu-ray and there's no new features. Uh, I don't know. How do you how do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I, I honestly, I would much rather them be spending time on introducing new films in UHD um, that we haven't gotten to the, the collection yet. Um, yep. There are certain titles that I think would 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 you know lend themselves to a, a, a really cool upgrade, even in Blu-ray. But um, I would think I, I wouldn't think it, the first thought would be to go to a, 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 you know a film noir um, as my first as a UHD. And, and this is their first. I mean, been doing UHD for a full year yet, and um, they're already kind of hitting some films that I don't know necessarily need that uhd treatment like you said uh it's a great film though i mean it's great you know if you're if you haven't owned it yet this will be if this this could be your first time owning it and this would be a really nice you know release for you but um you could just get that blu-ray and it would be cheaper and it would it would you would get the same thing out of it as you said they didn't add any any features and uh but you know this is a great film joan uh joan crawford uh one of the one of the best film noirs really of all time so Right. And, and that's the thing. I, I do think that this movie deserves to be, you know, preserved in 4K on physical media for everybody. But at the same time, this this is sort of like a, a it's just filling a position in the month for them. This is the only title released on March 7th uh, from them, when in all reality, this could have been in addition. Hey, we're going to put out. A, a new film every single week and then once a month we're also going to uh, upgrade a, a dvd or blu-ray title up to 4k so uh, it would be nice to see something like that but you know i understand it i, I also got to empathize with the fact that they just cut a, a bunch of people 
at Criterion. So, uh, I mean, times are tough everywhere. They've they've got to save some cash, and it and it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think a lot. Of, I, I I would say even maybe companies like Arrow are doing similar things with 4K. You know, they're spending a lot. They spent a lot of time this year upgrading films uh, that they already have, and and you know, yeah, they do. They do a lot of times end up having you know three or four other releases, um, but you know. They also repackage things that were in box sets to other box sets. And then they, you know, they've done that a few times, you know, a couple of times. And, and, you know, it's, you know, I think, I think that this 4k transition has been easier for some companies and harder for others. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, as long as we keep getting new interesting titles, I won't be too upset. I, I do, I do hope that they, they choose maybe some other titles to, to go UHD over something maybe like this, but. I agree, uh, and and frankly, I mean, nobody looks worse than somebody like Shout Factory in the 4K era. So at least Criterion isn't stooping that low yet. Yeah. Uh, next up, they are releasing their first John Woo film, which could be a sign of some pretty incredible things to come. This is Last Hurrah for Chivalry from 1979. This is, of course, the same director that has done stuff like The Killer that people are clamoring to get a release for in the U.S. Uh, now, this isn't necessarily a guarantee that those are getting a release anytime because they could be different rights or whatever that they're having issues with. However, the important thing to point out here, too, is that this obviously isn't super hard to get because this already had a U.K. release from Eureka, the company that we already talked about. And it's a great release, and this will be great as well, I'm sure. Uh, th this is one that, you know, people in the U.S. should see. And I, I'm, I'm glad, and I do think it's deserving of the Criterion treatment. Yeah, and, you know, um, I, I I hope this means we're going to get face-off in the Criterion collection. Uh, Please. Because if John Woo's face-off comes to the Criterion it would, well, first of all, we as much Nicolas Cage as possible. And I mean, I know we have uh, Moonstruck. Yep. I believe that's it. I believe that's all the. Well, maybe, maybe was there a De Palma film in there that maybe he jumped into, or a, I don't know. Uh, isn't he in? Uh, what's the? Um, what's the one? I know I'm going on a, on a on a I'm spiraling off off subject. It's Nicolas Cage. You are always allowed to talk about Nicolas Cage. Uh, what's that? What's the film? Uh, the early uh, is the '80s. I believe it's a De Palma film. It's got Matt Dillon in it. It's got. Rumblefish. He and Rumblefish. Uh, first off, that's Francis Ford Coppola. That's, that's what I, I get them mixed up sometimes. Two Italian guys. Uh, I believe they're both Italians. I, I think he's in that. Uh, I, I think Nicholas Cage yep. has a small. He part. is in that. Yeah. Yeah. So Nicholas Cage is in there, but I'd like to see see something a little bit front and center, more front and center, like a Con Air or a uh, you know. We need to get back to the time when when Criterion put out Armageddon. And put out, you know, The Rock. We need to get back to that time where the action movie is amazing too. But there are some great action movies that just don't get the time of day because they're not, they don't not, they're not considered art. But John Woo, what he did in Face Off, that's art, and we need to bring that to the Criterion Collection. I mean, uh, some of that you can you can smell the sarcasm, but genuinely, uh, I, I love Face Off. I would no. love to see that in there. Okay, yes, sarcasm. Do I really think that would ever happen? No, but. It does need a premium release, but it, I believe it's a Paramount title, so it's going to have to come from Paramount. So, But what we could talk about is the fact, uh, we were just talking about Nicolas Cage, 
So now we're going to talk about David Lynch. How about Shout Factory loses the the rights and we get Wild at Heart on 4K from Criterion? That would be a fun upgrade. That you got me, man. I'm there's a 4K we need. There you go. Uh, so obviously now it's time to talk about March 21st. We are getting Inland Empire from 2006 from David Lynch. Uh, from Criterion, this is a Blu-ray release. This is not a 4K release. Uh, first off, finally, all of the David Lynch stands can stop begging for this every month. This has been known that this was coming for quite some time. But uh, one thing is, honestly, with the the amount of work that they did on the restoration for this, uh, I was shocked that they did not put this out on 4K. And obviously, the response to that is, well, it was shot on DV. So why, why would we want a digital video on 4K? But if you look up the actual restoration work that they did on this, they did scan this in and change a lot of stuff. They, they, the work that they did for this restoration is mind-blowing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm shocked that they did so much for this. But uh, this genuinely was scanned in 4K eventually. And that's similar to Sean Baker's takeout. That thing was shot on uh, a DV cam and that was exported to film and then scanned in in 4K. So there are ways to do it. But uh, yeah, it wouldn't get a huge uptick in quality or anything like that. The best thing that we would get would maybe be like an HDR pass on it. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure the decision was a lot based on what Lynch wanted. Uh, and, you know, right. maybe, maybe if they went to, maybe they even tried taking it that route. And maybe it just it, it messed with the image. It maybe made it too sharp or too, you know, because you know he he shot he shot on on video for a reason. You know, he wanted a certain aesthetic, um, and maybe going for full four K messed with that aesthetic. So he just decided just a Blu Ray would be best. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, this is not a Lynch I've seen. This is actually one of the ones I haven't seen. So I'm ready for. I'll be ready to pick this one up. My birthday's in March. I'll be going for my birthday to picking this up and then watching this three hour long thing that some people love and some people don't. <laughs> uh, there is a, a few Lynch titles that are left after this that are not in Criterion. Wild at Heart is one of them. Uh, the other big one is uh, Straight Story. Now that has an imprint release. There is no US release of that on Blu-ray yet. Um, however, it's Paramount. So I, I could see that being a part of the Kino deal potentially that they are announcing from that they, they haven't announced it yet. Uh, I could also see it coming to Criterion eventually because David Lynch has Criterion in his pocket. He he basically runs the show for them. So yeah, uh, that, would not be shocked. That would be a good 4K um, because you know him going across, you know, driving that lawnmower across the country. <laughs> you know that's. That that would be good good for a 4K and um, you know just getting a Harry Dean Stanton, um, you know, you know just or wait and that's the, that's not no wait is that who's in that movie Harry Dean Stanton or no oh. it's, I believe I'm saying the wrong actor. Uh, uh, the straight story is Richard Farnsworth. Richard Farnsworth, yeah. I'm thinking of a different movie, but uh, I do this a lot. I, I my memory my memory's all jumbled up here, but um. It's one of his, it's like his most main. I mean, other than some people say elephants, elephant man's like his most, you know, straight, straightforward story. But this movie is literally called the straight story. It's this pro, it, you know, this movie was made with Disney. I mean, this is pretty, you know, pretty, pretty uh, clean movie compared to all his other work. So, um, but yeah, I mean, 
we got to get all the lynch to criterion apparently apparently that's the goal so right and uh in the comments dc eibner says it's touchstone right the straight story is uh it was made with disney and touchstone however the rights have somehow over the years they've they've gone to paramount that's how it was able to finally be released uh by imprint because if it was disney we would not have got that i know i know the straight story was definitely on the disney streaming service so it it, yeah the rights are kind of jumbled up um but um you know these things work themselves out. I, I I would say we'll see it eventually. I think I think we'll we'll see it somewhere, uh, somewhere. Being, I would hope it just comes to Criterion. Get it all there. Lynch wants it that way. Just give him what he wants. Uh, the other big one, Dune isn't on Criterion either. And uh, honestly, Lynch would probably rather forget about that one. So, I, I think he's okay with that being an error release. <laughs> Uh, let's see. While we're on the topic, Distorted Vision says rip Angelo Badalamenti. Uh, it's one of the big stories this week. And uh, again, I, I will bring up something that I said a couple months ago. Is it's it's hard as a film fan in 2022 and, and this time because a lot of the people that we grew up loving we're losing them like week after week after week. And because of the way Hollywood was structured and when it got popular, it's just going to get worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, honestly, I think about some of the actors I grew up watching, uh, some of the filmmakers I love, and where they're at now, and they're, you know, I'm like, I, I, don't, I try not to think about it. You know, people like, you know, Clint Eastwood. You know, he's like in his 90s now, and you know, like Spielberg's getting up there. I mean, he still seems to be pretty active. He seems to be, you know, when you know Martin Scorsese's in his 80s. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I start to think about God. The, I don't want to live in a world without them, their voices, you know, like I was already torn apart when Robin Williams died. I mean, that was, yeah. that was maybe the toughest person uh, in film that I have dealt with in my life. Um, most of the time I don't have, I mean, not, not that I don't have empathy for any, any, anybody passing, but for the most part, it's just, I understand that we understand that that's life, but Robin Williams was so connected to what I grew up with, you know, yeah. uh, it, I actually felt that one. So, um, but yeah, I mean, dude, it's, it's getting, you're starting to lose so much of our childhood. Like I just, yeah, rough. Uh, this release is getting some interesting extras. Uh, a lot of people I've seen comment on this, uh, kind of lukewarm on it. We get two films from 2007 Lynch one and Lynch two by black and white, the makers of David Lynch, the art of life. A uh, new conversation between Laura Dern and Kyle MacLachlan because it's David Lynch, so of course you got to get them in a room to talk. More things that happened, 75 minutes of extra scenes. Ballerina, a 2007 short film by David Lynch. And then reading by Lynch of excerpts from Room to Dream, his 2018 book with critic Christine McKenna. There's a new English subtitle translation and English subs. Uh, and then there's also some excerpts from Richard A. Barney's book, David Lynch Interviews. So decent, uh, but but possibly not the the loaded uh, release that people were hoping for necessarily. I think you have to keep your expectations a little bit measured oh, yeah. with Lynch films. They're just he's not going to get too involved. Right. Yeah. Next up, we are getting chilly scenes of winter, which I have never seen, but. Oh my gosh, the fans of this movie came out of the woodwork today to say that this might be, uh, other than the Wu film, the must-buy of the month, which was 
crazy to me. So this is from 1979, and the synopsis says, The trailblazing Joan Micklin Silver, one of only five women to direct a film for a Hollywood studio in the 1970s, digs fearlessly into the psychology of a thorny relationship in this anti-romantic comedy based on Anne Beattie's uh, best-selling novel, uh, and I think that's actually pronounced Beatty, Anne Beatty's best-selling novel about lovelorn silver servant Charles and his married but separated co-worker Laura. Months after their affair has ended, Charles is haunted by memories as he desperately attempts to rekindle a love that perhaps never was. Switching deftly between past and present, Micklin Silver guides this piercing deconstruction of male wish-fulfillment fantasy beyond standard movie romance tropes into something more complicated and cuttingly truthful. Which is, first of all, great copywriting. That, that immediately makes me say, damn, I need to see that. Yeah, I, I, and I have seen it. I've seen it, um, and it's and it. Yeah, it describes the film really well. Um, uh, John Hurd, Hurd in this film is is great. Um, I, I he's one of them actors. I think when you know, when he recently passed, um, you know, people started to think more about his career, and you know, of course, I you know, even me, go to him as the dad from Home Alone. That's like the first thing you think about. But he had a whole career before that, even as a leading man, and. This is probably one of his shining, shining moments. Um, um, you know, this is a movie that really, you know, not only what, what that copy said, but, you know, when I watched the movie, it made me think a lot about, you know, being in a, you know, I think, you know, a lot of us has been in, tried to been in, we've been in relationships where um, you feel like you're really into a person, but they, for some reason, don't necessarily, uh, they're, they're, they're like pushing you away. You feel like they're pushing you away. And what you have to understand is that sometimes, even if it feels right, it's just not the right time. And that's kind of the way I see that. I see saw, saw the relationship in the movie was that even though the John Hurd character felt like they had a connection and she was like, not, she, she pushed him away. It was like, it was about her having her own things that she needed to figure out. So it yeah. just wasn't the right time. And she had her own baggage from her previous relationships and like, Sometimes even if it was, even if you had good moments with that person and you feel like it, it's meant to be, sometimes it's just not the right time. You're not the right time at the, you, you came at the wrong time. And so I, I think that that's what's great about the movie is that it tells a love, like it says, an anti-love story. Um, and it, it, it's, it tells a real, you know, a real organic love story, something that's real, not, you know, something that tells the wrong message about how love is. You know, I think we get a lot of these love stories that tells messages about oh, yeah. being really coming really quick and being really, um, you know, easy, you know, and love isn't easy. Love is messy, you know, and that's how this movie, you know, really portrays love in that in that way. It, it makes me think about another really good kind of like genuine film about love. And that was um, the movie Jeremy from Fun mm. Um is another really real love story where you get these two yeah. young teenagers coming together. But then by the end of the movie, you know, it kind of has a more, has a kind of, I don't want to spoil the movie, but it has a real, a real ending to it that could really happen to anybody. And, yeah. it, and, and that's, it, 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 I think a good comparison there in, in a sense, but this is one of the movies where, you know, don't expect it to be super happy you know you gotta you gotta it does have some interesting storytelling tropes you know there's a some some breaking the fourth wall also in the film um which is really cool so it's got unique storytelling uh uh in it too so um yeah this is it this is I, I understand why people are excited it's a it's a good a good pickup 
I've always loved John Hurd. Obviously, uh, he's supposedly great in this. Um, people always jump to Home Alone for him because that was one for a lot of people around our age growing up. But for me growing up, I always jump to what DC says in the co comments here. I like to think of him as the bully from Big with Tom Hanks. And uh, he was great in that. Uh, Big is one of those movies that I loved as a kid. And then I watched it as an adult and went, why did I love this? This is a really creepy movie. <laughs> it, it is a creepy, yeah. It, you uh, know, him being but... a kid, getting hit on by grown women, you know, like... You know, and even once they know he's he's a kid, it's still, you know, she doesn't like feel like she regretted any of it. It's just like, right. yeah. Um, and then, you know, yeah, it's got its moments. That movie's that it movie is weird. <laughs> and then at the end, she says, call me when you're 18. Like, how does that that's not gross? What? Why are we doing that? Yeah, I, I think they probably thought it was a cute joke at the time. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh stan geezy with an important comment john heard also great in after hours and this is timely because all week we've been hearing uh some ramping up of rumors that after hours is supposedly fairly close to getting a criterion release in the coming months so hopefully we can look forward to that coming soon uh let's move on to the next one uh, this is a big deal. Uh, we are finally getting the 312th physical media release of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> uh, three, no, no, 313. Oh, I forgot about that one in Spain. You're right. Uh, yeah. So this is coming in 4K finally in the U.S. from Dark Sky Films. Uh, the important thing that uh, I wanted to say thank you to All That Is Man to finding the research on this for me because I couldn't find the previous release to verify there are no new special features on this except for one really cool thing, and that is this documentary that they highlight right here. There's a new documentary called The Legacy of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and there are a lot of modern voices speaking on it, uh, which I am dying to see. Supposedly, it is great, and I believe it was also produced for the second site release, so it will likely be a part of that. But the big star of the show here, of course... This is coming out on 4K. Now, uh, to, to temper some expectations, if the restoration was done properly on this, this is a very grain-forward film. This is not going to be a like pristine, uh, super great restoration that you look at and say, oh my gosh, I can see every pore on Gunnar Hansen's mask as he's diving into this woman. Uh, however, I am sure that it is going to be a beautiful release. The HDR on this is going to be astonishing as long as they did it right now i will also point out this steelbook looks great i am super super surprised that they went with the original poster art on this and then they're also doing a uh, standard release that is a slip cover and the standard 4k case here now the only thing i got to say about this release that bothers me on this steelbook, if there is really a black bar across the top of this that says 4K Ultra HD, that is awful. Yeah, let's, ho let's hope that that's just like a J card kind of deal or something. Something that can be pulled off. It likely is, because like all of the Disney ones have that little flap that goes over the top. Okay. So it's probably just on there, but uh, that's weird to include that in your mock-up. Yeah. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, how do, you, how do you feel about that original film? Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, I, you know it's a seminal horror film, and you know, uh, it's one I go back to every once in a while. I you know I like if I'm ever in the mood for just you know weird backwoods, you know, 
if I'm in a weird back, you know, I live in North Carolina. We, we got backwoods everywhere here. So <laughs> just food to, to get in my roots. Then I, I, throw, I throw this on, especially around the hol- Halloween time. But, uh, you know, I have the, I have that, uh, I don't, I don't know that it was out, but I, it might've been a straight up, uh, studio release, but I have that big, uh, I have the re- release that was in that little truck. Ooh, yeah. I have that one. Um, so, you know, I, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to be getting the second site 4k. Um, that's that, you know, I, we talked to Philip Escott over at second site and he, he was actually the one that produced and directed that, uh, documentary that, uh, is on this disc. And of course we'll be on the four, second site. So, um, him talking about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a really cool documentary. And, uh, you know, I know you're a big fan of second sight. That's going to be the one to get. And, uh, but this, this, you know, I, I'm not like a huge steelbook guy. Like I, I get, I get one every once in a while, depending on what the movie is, but, um, yeah. but it's, um, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a, I know it is the 755th version of this movie, but you know, um, you got to get a new, a new 4k to pair with that, you know, Texas Chainsaw 2, um, yep. 4K from Vinegar Syndrome. So you got to get a 4K to, to match up with it. So, Absolutely. And over the last year, like, this is the the Toby Hooper 4K renaissance time. I mean, we've gotten Funhouse, we've gotten Life Force, we've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and now Texas Chainsaw. Uh, Stan Geezy, who just commented and said, I'm a bit biased, but it's one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, Stan has literally written multiple books about Toby Hooper films, and I... I am glad that people are eating this well if you're a Toby Hooper fan, which it's kind of hard to be a physical media and horror fan and not like Toby Hooper because he's so eclectic in what he's done. Uh, I, I don't know. There, there's so much behind it. And, and you know what? I totally forgot to mention. Hello, Poltergeist was in the last year, too. That That's a huge one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mystic and Severe Radio had a comment that I wanted to highlight before we go on, though. Uh, what was my favorite release of 2022? Stay tuned until after the announcements. We're going to go through almost all of the great releases for this year as we go down the the ballot for the Shelf Shock Rewind Awards. Uh, Just hang out. We will get there soon, I promise. Uh, Next announcement is another title that I am not going to do well with because I am not French whatsoever. So this is all you. Oh, is it me? I'm just kidding. Uh, Coming on February 28th from Kino Lorber, Arsène Lupin. I'm just going to say it uh, French on purpose. Are Uh, are you... Kind of sound like Steve Martin from Pink Panther. Is that exactly. What it is? Okay. All right. Uh, this is a two-disc set featuring three different films from 57, 59, and 62. And uh, they've got uh, an original trailer, but that's all they've got for features. Uh, Kino seems to be digging deep into some of these art house releases in February, uh, January, February, March-ish. Like there's all kinds of Truffaut releases coming. This is, if you're... If you're into art house and, and some of those classic French, they are they are really giving it to you good. And and you know what you know what Kino's done recently this or done this year uh, is uh, they're full in on slip covers now too. So uh, you know, yeah, they put slip covers on everything now. <laughs> a a two disc French collection from you know the 1950s gets a Kino classic slip cover. You you can see that they are all in on slip covers. Yeah. Uh, Ragnar, I agree with you. He says on the Texas Chainsaw Steelbook, they went with the original artwork because it's a no-brainer. Less people will complain. And that is absolutely true. Uh, but still, I saw people complain today. So why would you just go with the poster? But there's so much good commissioned artwork. 
I mean, come on. We don't need the complaints. It's obvious. It's a great choice for a steelbook cover. Uh, one that uh, genuinely kind of exciting for me because I grew up in a Shirley Temple house. Kino Lober on March 7th is releasing Little Miss Marker. This is a Shirley Temple film from 1934, which will have a new audio commentary by film critic and author Lee Gambin and costume historian Alyssa Rose. Now, the cool thing, uh, this was remade in 1949 as Sorrowful Jones, which was just recently announced uh, from Kino. That's the one that has Bob Hope and Lucille Ball in it. So, uh, hey, you can get both of them and uh, see the best of both worlds. Yeah, you know, I, I can't say I grew up in the Shirley Temple house, so I don't, I of course I know Annie, but I I. That's about it for me. I don't, I don't, I don't really know much about her, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, you know me. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll watch anything. Andrew's probably seen this five times, and, and that's just since it was announced this afternoon. And, that, and that's the thing is that's why I, I almost feel weird. Not he, he's not on my shoulder here. I don't. Right. Like, this is usually the guy I can turn to, and be like Andrew, you've seen this, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's weird for me. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'll get you know. There's like ten. 10 kino releases a day so we'll get i'll get i'll get around to it uh speaking of kino they put this one out before gold ninja video our friends from the great white north of canada they are releasing a uh a version of white zombie the bella lugosi film from 1932 now it does say that it's scanned in from a 16 millimeter print they're probably not doing a full-blown restoration on it but to be able to scan it in it is likely going to look very different than the Kino release, which got a handful of complaints online when it came out as it didn't look great. But uh, this one is interesting. I do like the branding they went with on this. Uh, across the top, it has the important Cinema Club Presents, which is Justin DeClue's podcast that he and Will Sloan do. And then you have these wonderful characters at the top of Will Sloan as the werewolf, or the Wolfman, and then Justin DeClue as Dracula. And uh, I, I'm curious to see what they do with this, uh, with it being a public domain film and all of the, the interesting ideas with that. But the fact that uh, they are doing it is, is interesting, at least. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have to call attention to this before you talk about White Zombie, because uh, I'm never going to remember this if I don't. My mom commented and said, did I just say I grew up in a Shirley Temple house? Yes, I did. And then she said, I'm related to Shirley Temple, which I had no idea. Thanks, Mom. Whoa. Learning new things now. Uh, yes, yeah, so White did Zombie. Go just just change somebody's life. <laughs> white Zombie. What uh, What about Bella Lugosi or White Zombie is exciting? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, Bella Lugosi is an actor that, you know, I think gets gets thought of just as the guy that played you know you know monsters or you know yeah. you know yeah you know, but it's he, he he's really a dynamic actor um and uh you know i have not i, I have not seen white i know i I've, it's one of them films that's out there that i've heard about that i just never have gotten around to seeing and um i should have you know it's easy to get to you probably find it on youtube right now i mean it's everywhere yeah yeah and so it's it's out there i just haven't gotten around to it but uh um yeah, I, I really liked it. That, you know, some people look down on some of these kind of like public, don't you know, that anybody can put out. But uh, honestly, I mean, if you can get the, a good, you know, an element that's worth, 
you know, really worth up, you know, something that you can really clean up. It's worth getting a better looking version out there. Um, and of course, adding something to it, you know, features wise and, and getting some, some more opinions on it. So, and like you said, I love the branding on it. I do love that branding on it that they did, uh, with the Portland cinema club. So it's, it's a cool, this is cool. I'm, I'm, I'll be excited to, I'll probably pick this up maybe even, uh, um, cause I don't think I even own any, uh, gold ninja release. Wow. I, I saw your video way back when, uh, when you, uh, talked about some of their releases. So I, yeah, yeah. I need to, need to look more into their stuff. Yeah. And that's, I was going to definitely highlight, uh, a lot of people are probably going to ask why, why would they put this out when it's public domain? Why would they put this out when there's so many different copies of this floating out there? And even like, okay, say, say they do a new scan and it looks just like every other release. That's not where you're going to find the gold in this. The gold is going to be the supplements that they produce. And with Justin and Will, the amount of, of energy and good good cinema vibes that they put back out into the world, it is enough to invest in simply because of their personalities and to, to support them to be able to keep doing what they do. Um, they, they will easily have at least one commentary on this. There may even be a couple, depending on who they can get a hold of. Uh, they may find uh, some ways to like show how certain things were shot in this. Justin does that a lot. There's going to be tons of essays. There's going to be a little booklet that it comes in, in in the first release, at least. And then on top of that, Justin hides a full-length film on every single release. So no matter what, this is going to be a, a fun and interesting release to, to dive in and definitely learn some stuff with. And, and honestly, when it comes to the any kind of restoration work on it, it, it it's probably going to be better than anything that's been done so far. I mean, technology is getting so much better with all this stuff all the time and when was the last time somebody scanned this movie i mean really i mean it's probably been a while so it's probably going to look better than it ever has uh with whatever they do so um yeah good point uh we got just a couple left or no this is the last one uh modern film the menu is coming out on january 17th on blu-ray and dvd only no 4k uh, this is going to be on digital on January 3rd. So if that's your bag, you can see it then. Uh, a lot of people know what this one's about since it's in the, the, the news and it's a, a timely film everybody's talking about. However, I do want to point out that it's pretty cool that the studio did a very stylized uh, press release for this. Uh, they made it look like a menu. It is a couple pages long. They, they treated the bonus features like they were... Uh, you know, entrees and part of the the films. The, the film itself is the entree, and then you've got uh, the first course. They give you one of the featurettes, and the the second course and third course are others, and then they give you a dessert, and it says, dig into the creation of the s'mores sequence as costume designer Amy Westcott explains the painstaking process of sewing ponchos made of marshmallows. Uh, just really fun when you see studios actually dig into a film like this, which is pretty rare nowadays oh yeah yeah and uh um yeah i mean even though <clears throat> not a 4k uh it's this seems like a film that i really uh i really want to i mean it's I, i've had a couple people describe it to me and uh, it just sounds like something i would be really into and yeah the effort that they put into this release press release here is uh it's it's you know it's rare, but uh, I, w- I wish they would have put maybe a little bit more. Maybe the, I would take the 4K over this great press release. Definitely. So think about that next time, studio. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Uh, the next thing after the announcements, we always talk about, of course, we can't remember everything. Uh, so what's coming out next week that we forgot? We are getting war games in 4K from Shout Factory. The Taking of Pelham 123 from Kino Lorber, that's in 4K as well. The Banshees of Inisharan is out on Blu-ray next week. Uh, the Tar release that we just talked about, House of the Dragon, the complete first season, is out on 4K next week. The Kino Lorber release of Cinema's First Nasty Women is finally released. I feel like we talked about that months ago. Uh, season one of the Kino uh, release that I just talked about, which my wife texted me, she was watching and said that it's pronounced Maigret. Uh, that's the French pronunciation, so that helps. Uh, that's out next week. That's season one. We got this Bridge uh, bridge at Remagen or Remagen release. I believe that is coming from Sandpiper, which seems to be who all of pictures used to be. Uh, the same group is, is working on that now. And then other than the VeggieTales release of Jonah on Blu-ray, not a whole lot else. We are looking at the end of December. And uh, unfortunately, that's usually a pretty pretty stark time for releases. People knowing that you're not going to be spending a lot on physical media. So they, they stop putting out big name titles near the end of the year. And then they ramp back up in January. So we still got some other stuff to, looking, to look into. Uh, Chester, I just called that one. I promise. House of the Dragon Season 1, 4K, this coming week. Um, all right, we've got, uh, another big thing to talk about tonight. Uh, we had somebody ask, uh, Mystic and Severe Radio asked just a little while ago, what was the best release of 2022? And, uh, fortunately for everybody, I think that we have the best possible way to discover that. And that is this other account, Shelf Shock Rewind. Uh, this is the award show that Steven and I have been working on what feels like for 14 years uh it's really only been about three months something like that uh three and a half months and it's finally here today is uh oh chester says it's in stores now uh okay that it's not the the database like that sorry um i uh first of all i i love the fact that you and i have been able to launch this like i said today is the first day to vote and we've even during this show we've gotten like eight more ballots turned in, which is great. The people are still voting. Uh, we have 30 days to vote. Voting started on December 15th, closes on January 15th, because there's a lot of releases that you either may not have in hand yet. You may see this list of nominees and say, I want to vote for them. Uh, Steven, why don't you give us a primer on the award show and uh, what you're feeling and uh, just give us your thoughts. Yeah, so guys, you know, as we've said before, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure we wanted to do something where we could really highlight, uh, of course, the thing we love. And we both do these shows where we talk about these announcements every week. And, uh, you know, there's just all out through throughout the whole year. There's great stuff and some stuff that just kind of gets left behind. And we wanted to do this show to make sure that that stuff didn't get left behind. And and, uh, you know, we got a lot of people that are within the industry and around the industry to help us come up with um you know, nominees, submit nominees, and uh, to give us a, a wide spectrum of tastes and things. And so now, you know, we're here, and uh, I think we got a, a really diverse group of films nominated. And, of course, you guys can all put in your, your own uh, opinions with the write-in options. But, um, 
this has been a labor of love, uh, you know, and uh, now we're we're at the kind of the where it gets serious now, you know, now, now that now the stuff's coming in and now me and me and Ryan got to figure out how to present this to you once you guys got done voting. Now, I don't even know what to do now. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit scared now. And I'm like, well, now this is where we got to this is where we really got to impress you. Got to make this fun for you guys. So we, we really hope that we can um, put on a show for you guys that's not only going to introduce you maybe to some things maybe you didn't know. I mean, this ballot alone is going to introduce you maybe to some things you weren't aware of. Um, but also, um, you know, just spread the love on some of our favorite stuff. You know, already we're seeing a lot of love uh, just in, as the first day of voting. We're seeing some people that are, uh, you know, we've seen some people that work on certain titles like the Out of the Blue uh, release we gotten a lot of people that even worked on that release starting to show some love and, and ask people to vote and you know we need more of that we need more people uh that are not only just fans of physical media but people with these labels and things to help us spread the word and and this is just a big love fest we just want everybody to um you know you know just have fun with this and not take it too seriously you know we, we, you know, we, we say we base this around the Oscars a little bit. You know, we want this to be taken seriously, but we also don't want this to be looked at as just uh, us trying to tell you what's the best thing. Um, I know that's what the categories say, but really it's just about highlighting releases and, and you know, and being able to highlight p the people behind these releases. So, um, yeah, I mean, stop me, please. Through, through the interviews that both Chasing Labels and Disconnected have been able to do uh, over the last year, we have really been able to get a feeling for the amount of hard work that goes into some of these releases. And a lot of people see a label and think uh, either one of two things, like, uh, hey, the, the three people that are associated with this label are the only people that worked on this label. They do great work. These three people deserve all the praise. Or... The other thing is that they think that these labels are huge companies and they have tons of tons of employees that all are working on their own individual products and they, they churn these out because they're able to uh, accomplish so much. And, and in all reality, it's this weird mix of both because the labels themselves are very, very small. But the amount of people that it takes to actually put out some of these releases is vast. Uh, we have... Uh, literally producers on on the streets of like Italy discussing with filmmakers from the 60s and 70s. We have individuals that are meeting up with famous filmmakers in Hong Kong and filming them on camera interviews and location scouting for where things used to be filmed so that they can give you that sort of retrospective. We have people that are doing remote audio commentaries from different time zones and different corners of the world, literally. And it is crazy how many people actually go into putting out one of these releases, let alone the fact that we have literally, I, I, if I tried to count how many boutique labels put out even one release this year, it would easily be over like 65 or 70. Uh, there is no telling how many, how many boutique labels actually had a physical release because it's nearly impossible to actually line up and figure that out with how many, releases we're kind of overwhelmed by so it's it's an astonishing feat that we get as much as we do especially for companies like Kino Lorber how, how do they do that but uh overall it's it's just going to be a really fun time to be excited about the shared uh, interest that we all have 
and highlight things that the community itself can never really broadly discuss. And through this sort of ballot, you can get your voice heard and every single one will count. Every single write-in option will be uh, tallied. Every single, every single opinion that wants to be a part of this is welcome. And uh, the, the way that you do that is by finding our social media. Uh, we are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. I've posted us on Reddit. Um, I, I'm posting us on Reddit again tomorrow. So if you're on Reddit and you see it, please upvote it. Uh, but we have our link in all of our bios and uh, where we posted today. It's also in those posts. We're going to be spamming the hell out of that link as many places as we can, which, uh, first of all, apologies in advance. You're probably going to see it too, too many times. I completely understand. However, I, I'm pretty sure that most of those times when you're seeing it for the 8th and 87th time, uh, and even more than that, somebody new is seeing it for the first time. So please bear with us. It is something where we're trying to capture as much of this community as we possibly can because these categories are widely varied. There, there's a lot to cover. There's people that are only into martial arts releases, and that's great. That's fine. You are welcome. There are people only into horror. That's fine. You're welcome. There's a lot from each of these genres to vote for. So if you find that link, you can vote starting today and ending January 15th. Before I get into showing the actual ballot, anything else you want to share or talk about? Uh, no, I mean, uh, but it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it always, um, it always uh, surprises me how much, how many people are out there that like the same thing that we do. And, uh, and, uh, I, I just I really hope that uh, everybody can help us, you know, get excited about everybody. Get the, and, and we'll, we'll want to participate. And uh, they'll be, uh, you know, I know this is a little bit side thing, but uh, yeah, please go to all them socials and, and follow because we're going to have some other cool things going on with giveaways. You know, we got our first giveaway. That'll be uh, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think I have it ready for tonight, but I'll I'll, I'll post it tomorrow. Uh, who won that get giveaway? Um, I'm going to be doing my best to get it ready while we're talking about this. Okay. Actually. Cool. All right. Cool. Um, because uh, unfortunately, I got to do my show, the show right now on my phone, and that's right. how I get to see things. And I wasn't ready. <laughs> Steven had a had a computer die on him in the last couple of weeks, and it's been a sort of a catastrophe time. So uh, we'll bear with Steven. But uh, let's start taking a look at this ballot now. Uh, obviously we don't necessarily want to go for the next five hours or anything. However, this is a really fun time as a small community that is a subset of the greater physical media fan community where we can highlight some really great releases in this ballot. Now, uh, I, I wanted to, to show what we have at the beginning here. Um, this is like the guidelines to use for the voting. So first off, we are only talking about physical media releases that came out in 2022. So even in some of our uh, imagery, like we, we just were showing a picture and one of them was the Michael J. Murphy box set from Indicator that we were both really excited for. And we made that graphic before it got delayed and now it got delayed. And it's um, most people won't have it in their hands till February at least. So uh, unfortunately, that one's not going to be eligible. So consider that the release dates have to be in 2022. And that means specifically if it had a limited edition and then a standard edition, we're going with the limited edition date. It's got to be the first date that it was readily available. 
So if that's uh, in 2022, then guess what? It is eligible for at least a handful of these categories, and you'll see why. Um, so you are able to vote on one piece in every category. And the cool thing, every single category has a write-in option. So this first one is Best Classic Film Release. This is for a physical release of a film that was originally released prior to 1940. So we've got Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from Warner Archive, The Gold Diggers of 1933, also from Warner Archive, and then Eureka holds down the rest of this one with The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Most Dangerous Game, and Vampire. Uh, there is a, a handful of other releases that I've seen people talk about that could be in here. So a write-in would not be unheard of. This is something that in some of the ballots that have been turned in, we are already seeing some write-in options. Uh, anybody want to share their thoughts on this one? Is Are there any of these releases that you saw that was great? Uh, I know for me, I wanted to highlight the fact that we don't have the 4K of Doc, uh, the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari on here, which is crazy. However, uh, it it came out right around when we were getting our selection committee for the nominations together. And unfortunately, most of them had not seen it. So it only got a couple votes in that first round. Yeah, that, that is the, the thing about uh, when we have to do this is, um, you know, getting people's minds wrapped around that there are some things coming out, too, in that meantime is what is what, you know, but that's why the write in options there. Um, there are things in the meantime that, you, you know, so that's why we tell people don't be in a rush. If there's something, you know, is coming out that you think maybe could be part of these nominations. You should maybe hold off on your voting until you have that in hand. Um, but I'm with you. Uh, you know, I, there was a release that didn't get didn't get part of the official nominees that I decided to write it for for this category, um, and that's the uh, Phantom of the Monastery uh, release from Indicator. Um, I, you know, I just love seeing more Mexican cinema get out there, and this was just a really great. Uh, it was a great film. I watched it and and really enjoyed it. A great kind of haunted house movie, um, and uh, I just thought that being that this was kind of a discovery that it was great to see it. And, and I wanted to reward it with being on this ballot. And unfortunately didn't, didn't make it into the official, but I'm hoping enough people gather around that movie and, and get it in there. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see. It, it is something that still even has a chance to win. So that's exciting. Uh, any, any opinions? I, suddenly we had a, uh, everybody fell off a cliff in the, in the chat. I see we got a lot of people still watching, but no activity in the chat. So I'm going to go to the second one. All Maybe right. this one will make some people excited. Uh, this is for best modern studio release. So this is for a physical release of a studio film. So that means uh, somebody like Sony or Warner brothers themselves uh, has to put out the physical release, not something that went to a boutique. And it could be a physical release that came out in 2022 for a film that was a, a modern film, like something from 2021 or 2022, not something that was, uh, you know, released in, in 1971. And now the studio is putting out a better version of it, like Paramount did a lot this year. So on this one, we have the Batman, everything, everywhere, all at once. Nope. The Northman and Top Gun Maverick. So what are you feeling on this one, Stephen? Well, you know, I, it, it's tough. I mean, I, it, for this category, I kind of lean towards what, what was the film that I enjoyed the most. Um, because, you know, I, I don't have all these releases, uh, to be completely honest. 
Yeah. Um, because I just I don't spend a lot of time buying newer films. I you know I, I I'm so wrapped up in the labels. I'm buying all these older films and all these obscure obscure films. So, um, but the, one of the films I did buy was the Nope uh, 4K release, and I really uh, enjoyed that film and uh, really enjoy. I, I was looking at some of the extras, and there's some there was a pretty good behind the scenes making of it on that disc. And I just I just want to I, I, that's the one I chose. Um, Nothing against any. I mean, I like the Batman. The Batman was a good movie. I did see Top Gun Maverick. I liked the movie, but I never got around to buying the releases yet. So, um, yeah, that, that was that. That's where I went with it. Uh, thankfully, we got some uh, some in the chat now. Uh, Flickering waves mentioned on the first one. Still need to watch Fan on the Monastery to see if he wants to write it in. And uh, Bo Smith is listening to us and filling out the ballot right now, thinking hard about the choices. Uh, let's see. DC says I'd go with Top Gun if just for the fact that they retailed, uh, they retained the original IMAX ratio for those segments in the film, which is kind of a big deal. That's that that is something that hasn't happened on a lot of physical media, thankfully. Terry says still need to watch the Batman before I vote in the modern studio release category. Um, for me, this one I, I think had to go to everything, everywhere, all at once. The release actually had uh, some some decent extras on it which was the big thing for me and this got some decent releases it it made some pretty big waves this year i'm really hoping uh that the the film goes far at the oscars this year this is one that genuinely has a chance uh wave has a question is the vote for best movie of those or best package with extras etc that's a great question it is specifically about the physical media release. So uh, on some of these, um, or no, they all they all got 4K releases. I was going to say maybe if they all weren't 4K, you know, maybe it's not as high quality. But yeah, they all got 4K releases, and uh, they all at least have some extras. Some of them are a little more robust than others. But yeah, this is you're literally voting for the physical media release. There's nothing on here unless we're talking about labels. That is about the film itself. It's all about the physical media releases. So let's go to category number three, which uh, is what I just said. Uh, this is a, a category that is about the labels, and this is for best new label. Now, the way that we define this is the label had to have their very first release in 2022. Uh, now, the hard part, a lot of people were wanting to talk about Radiance, and unfortunately... The first Radiance title is not going to be in everybody's hands until January of 2023. That is the release date, and I think it's literally January 2nd or January 3rd, something like that. It is very early in the month, which which stinks that they couldn't be on this ballot. But hey, maybe they're a shoe in for next year if we get to do this again. Oh man, you know when the first releases come out at the beginning of the year, you know how it is with the Oscars, man. If you don't get in late in the year, then you get forgotten. I'm just kidding. Radiance is gonna be all right. It's true, uh, but I mean, Treasured Films, we've already got a title from them. That, that's going to be the first one from them, so that, that could be a stacked category next year. Yeah. Uh, but but this year, we've got Canadian International Pictures, uh, friends of both of our shows, Chameleon Films out of Australia, Deaf Crocodile, which is another great company that has talked to us, uh, VHS Hit Fest or VH Shit Fest, depending on how you want to pronounce it, Visual Vengeance, the, the new... Uh, a kind of side side label from Wild Eye. Uh, these are all available as voting for best new label. And then if there's someone else that we don't have here, you could add it as a write-in option. Yeah, I mean, 
there, there's a lot more labels out there. You know, some, some don't maybe get as much of attention because maybe they don't put out a lot of releases maybe, but there, there are definitely some other new label options out there that maybe, you know, just got, got missed. Um, I, I, I've leaned towards, uh, I, I, I think it, it's hard not to lean towards partner labels that were new this year. Cause there's so many of them and they, you know, with the backing of vinegar syndrome, they, they just, they, they pop, you know, and, uh, I, I per, personally, for me, I really like the Canadian international picture line. Um, just learning more about Canadian cinema has, has been good. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, this one's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Uh, when I was, you know, I, I got to see the, the nominees as they came in for this. And this one was very hard for me because as I was looking at this, at first I was thinking, this is a shoe in It's got to be Deaf Crocodile. And then I remembered, holy hell, the first Canadian International Pictures release was in January of 2022 or February, something like that. I, I just feel like they've been around forever. But Deaf Crocodile and Canadian International Pictures are both brand new in 2022, which is crazy. Uh, to pit those two against each other is hard, so hard. And both of them, friends of the channel, uh, the Canadian International Picture guys, I'm, I'm going to have on here for an interview soon. But it's tough because, uh, let's see, one, two. I, I've had two of these labels on, and two of the others are going to be on my channel soon. And because of the way that I deep dive into those before I talk to people, I've seen a lot of the films. I know a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. I, I appreciate them so much. And it's, this is a really tough category for me. Yeah. And I, I know you've had uh, Dan from VHS. Yeah. We just had him on and he's a great guy. And, uh, you know, they, you know, they're, they're a pretty young label. They just put their third release out and, um, they're, you know, they're just another label that just hits another spectrum of film that, if that's your thing, then that's your maybe that maybe that's your label you pick. Um, you know, it, it's really about what you're into. You know, and that's the but the, that's the cool thing about these labels, new labels, is a lot of times they're just hitting very niche specific genres or, or corners of cinema, and that's what makes them so exciting because they're going really deep. So um, this is a fun cat, always a fun category. I think every year we'll be always hitting on something interesting. So. Absolutely. And in the chat, we've got uh, Bo Smith says, I love everything Canadian International Pictures does so much. Every film they've released has grabbed me in such a great way. And I would agree. Like every one of their releases, it feels like a prestige release. It is a shockingly great title every month. Uh, Wave went with CIP as well. And then we have Ryan Gows uh, went with Deaf Crocodile and Flickering Waves did as well. That Again, I, I get it. And I I, I feel bad for the other three labels here that those two are getting such highlights, but uh, I mean, it, what I, do you, there's going to, it's, it's how it is. This is how it's going to yeah. be. be some that just uh, pop more than uh, with the, with the public more than others. And, you know, like I said, it, we don't need to look at this as being uh, arguing, you know, they're all great. They're all great. Just some, some, people like ones more than others and this is just a way for us to highlight that and either way these all these labels got nominated they got they got out there so it's it's good for everybody and on top of that because we can uh we can see some of these ballots as they come in i can tell you i i believe at least four if not five of these and at least one write-in has already happened uh so people are people are spreading out the love it's not just happening for those two yeah. but Let's go down to category number four. 
This is a fun one. This is our first genre category. This is for best comedy release of the year. So this is for a film that is a comedy film, but it's literally for the physical media release of that film. So we have Arsenic and Old Lace from Criterion, which is a film that people have been dying to get on a good release. And that release is strong. The Everything Everywhere All at Once 4K from A24. We just discussed that one as well. Uh, coming out of nowhere, Gunpowder and Sky with The Little Hours getting a really strong nomination here. Uh, Pink Flamingos, the John Waters film from Criterion. This one has got a lot of love this year. This is a big upgrade uh, for what this was on home video prior. So the extras package on this alone is something that had people very excited. And then rounding it out, the Tropic Thunder 4K release from Kino Lorber. Uh, looks stunning and it's one of the best modern comedies uh, of the last 20 years easily it, it's it was one of my favorite films the moment it, it came out and i absolutely love that film still yeah I, I agree with you it's it's honestly i know i know that release isn't like something where it has a lot like it's not stacked with features it's not something you know it was for me it was just nice to get not only get that 4k but like to get the because for me I'm, I'm maybe i'm one of the crazy people i've talked when i talked about this originally i prefer the theatrical cut over the director's cut um and to have them both and with the director's cut or with the theatrical getting the 4k i'm super happy with it because um it, it just that they take out jokes in the director's cut that that i loved from the theatrical cut it pissed me off so and of course has one of the best commentaries of all time in that on that movie where Robert Downey Jr. stays in character. character. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. Um, so um, him with Jack Black and and Ben Stiller, it's 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 one of the, my favorite commentaries. And uh, but yeah, it, you know, this was an important category that I felt like we needed to have because comedy films don't nearly get the love in general. Uh, you know, even for something like the Oscars, you know, we don't you don't comedies don't get the love. So I thought it was important that having this genre. Uh, represented in a category so that we can talk about these films and these releases was important. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, there were some others that I, I was hoping to see on there, but, uh, uh, but I, I'm pretty happy with this list. This is a good list. Uh, the big thing, you know, talking about being happy with the list, I think this is a very diverse list, which for, for comedy, that's important but not something that I really expected, which I think a lot of people just immediately started going, God, what comedy releases came out this year? But there's a lot more that could have been on here. And we we got some from all kinds of different eras. We got all kinds of different subgenres of comedy. We've got a modern film. We've got a couple, uh, you know, post-2000 comedies that are also good. We've got um, a, a John Waters, just out of nowhere, weirdo, wackadoo film, and then a super classic film that is hard to argue with. So yeah, this is this is a really great stacked nomination list. Stan Geezy says Pink, Flam Pink Flamingos has his vote. And then Terry, I think I know where my vote goes, but he's got one more to watch. So uh, he's going to check that out. And that's, that's kind of how I'm taking it. Uh, there are a few on this list that I've not been able to dive deep on the physical releases yet. So I can't vote just yet, I, even though I think I know where I'm leaning on most of them. So we. I was going to say, I'm glad to hear that people are, are taking time to invest in, uh, you know, watching some stuff before they make their decisions. So I, I, I'm glad to hear that. That's that's I think that's important um, that, you know, it, 
it's part of why we're doing this is it's giving you direction. It's giving you a reason to go and take your stuff off the shelf and watch it. That's, that's good. And a friend of the channel, Cam says the survey can be treated as a watch list and it absolutely can. That, that is uh, secretly, we, we had these conversations prior and that's one of the things that we said we hoped would happen is that people would look at this and go, Oh damn, like uh, the Pink Flamingos release, people are, are raving about it. It must be pretty good. Maybe I should go check it out. So now that we've talked about it, there is time for people to look at these over the next month and uh, see what wins. And then uh, from there, we'll have a list of the best physical releases from 2022. And we can uh, treat that as a checklist, perhaps, if, if we're trying to, to go down the best of what we got. Ryan says arsenic and old lace. And uh, I got to be honest, it's, it's, uh, I, I might be leaning that way, too. Uh, Wave says we need someone to give the Judd Apatow comedies on 4K. Uh, I would agree for the most part, although Judd Apatow seems to have a lot of enemies nowadays with people hating his uh, recent output. But uh, honestly, I've got a soft spot for him. I, I grew up I, with those. I, I do too. Uh, I, I think he's, you know, I think w when the years go by, you're gonna we're gonna look back at these really long comedy movies that were usually around two and a half hours long uh, as kind of kind of cherished classics. I think. I mean. Forty-year-old virgin. I think knocked up is 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 really an interesting. Um, you know, I mean, he 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 became the director that was uh, the kind of like the. He he, he liked to hone in on uh, man ch childs. You know, all these movies about men that couldn't grow up. You know, um, and, and you know that's kind of part of this generation. A lot of people lived at home longer than they used to. You know, you, you know, it's stuff like I think. He's he's a he's a good voice. I think one of his most underrated movies for me was Funny People. I I really I was going to say it. Yeah, uh, I think that's one of you know Sandler's kind of underrated movies too, where he's obviously playing himself, but then there's moments of real good drama in the film where he's got to get really honest about the illness he has and like um, him and Seth Rogen play well off each other. It's it's a good one. I agree. That, that's for me. That's definitely his most underrated film by far. Uh, let's see. Uh, DC says the Blu-ray, the 40 year old version is in a rough shape that came out very early in the Blu-ray cycle. If I remember right. Uh, yes. Can we skip the bubble on 4k please? Uh, from what I hear, it's not worth watching. So I've skipped it altogether. <laughs> uh, number five, we start getting into some of the technical things. So, uh, if you're a real big audiophile, this is going to be one that you love. And, uh, this is going to be Come on, hold still. Uh, this is going to be the first time that I highlight the fact that none of these questions are required. So if you didn't watch any comedies, you don't have to vote on that. If you don't feel like you qualify to say what had a great audio presentation, you do not have to vote on this if you don't want to, but you can still vote on all of the other ones. So on this one, we've got uh, the, the question is the physical media release, which one had the best audio presentation for the year? So on this one, we've got The Batman. This is the modern film. And uh, as it turns out, most of these are fairly modern. We've got Drive, the second sight 4K release. Dune 4K from Warner Brothers. Uh, the Last Waltz in 4K, the Criterion Collection release of the Martin Scorsese uh, documentary film thing of the band. And then Top Gun Maverick from Paramount on 4K. Uh, are, are, I, if I remember right, you don't have a, a big audio love in your body. You're not somebody that's a big stickler for it, are you? I mean, it's it's not. It's if I had the energy to to get into it, maybe. But I, um, yeah. 
Andrew's more technical about a lot of things when it comes to like looking into video and, and uh, looking at all the little specs and things like that. It's not really my thing. I mean, I, I use my eyes and if it looks good to me, that's, a, that's, that's good enough. Um, Cause my eyes are going to be getting older and they're going to start to look, it's not going to matter anymore. Um, but I lost a lot of my hearing being in a band. So I, it, it, nothing sounds good to me anymore. I'm always like, eh, um, but it's, you know, when it came to these, you know, I'm, 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 I'm happy with this list as well. I, I knew this was going to skew mostly newer films because, you know, of course, newer films have all, you know, we're all shot and done at the highest quality possible. Um, but I am glad to see something like The Last Waltz on there because, you I mean, makes sense. It, it's a film that is a, it's music. It's about sound, yeah. It's about sound. So to me, I think that that shows that people's mind was in the right place when they were, uh, you know, submitting nominations. And I think that that's where I'm leaning is I, I really want something like The Last Waltz to maybe be our winner for this category because it's it's primed for this category. It's and it's you know good music. It's Martin Scorsese. I mean, it's it, and it's you know a good. I believe this was an, an upgrade. Uh, release they had that yes. you had this in the clip so this was an upgrade i think that was worthy because you know when we think about 4k upgrades we're, we're mostly focusing in on visuals but the audio is part of that as well they're upgrading the audio quality as well with these 4k up 4k upgrades usually so um this is a this was a prime one so uh the only thing that i will say that i feel like is missing from this one is the fact that we don't have the Sound of Metal 4K from Criterion because that movie is literally made about sound. That that's true. That's that's one that I think got missed. Definitely, I'm I'm with you. Uh, my mom, uh, just for everybody that was waiting, and uh, my mom came in to specify for Stan Geezy, Shirley Temple would be my great 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 aunt on my mom's mom's side of the family. Wow. All right. I, I learned something new tonight. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> All right. Next one up in the nominee list is uh, just uh, just like audio, but now we're going to be talking about video. So which one has the best overall video presentation? And as it turns out, all of these are 4K releases, which uh, that's how it should be. I'm glad that they are. Uh, we uh, are talking again about the physical release of the film. So even if you saw... Uh, one of the, the nominees here is Dune, and if you saw it in theater and it blew you away, great. But when you got home on the physical release, did it blow you away the same way? So we have to choose from Drive from Second Sight, Dune from Warner Brothers. Uh, I, what I think is the big upset to even be listed in the nominees here that I'm so glad it's here, the Jess Franco film Faceless from Severn Films, Lost Highway from Criterion, the David Lynch uh, that we talked about earlier, and then of course Top Gun Maverick. The Top Gun movie just keeps popping up and shit. Thankfully, I think we're done with it for a while, at least if not completely. Well, you know, I mean that that movie. You know what? Let's give it some praise because Tom Cruise held that movie back for so long and waited for the right time to put it out, and then it took the world by storm. So you know what? Let's give it to him. He 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 was smart and he and he was patient. And he that movie made a lot of money, and it, you know it's it's not a bad movie. It's it's not, it's not the best movie, but it's it did what it's supposed to do. It's you know it's eighties cheese, and it's you know and I'm sure and I haven't gotten the release yet, but I'm sure the release looks amazing. It's it's a well shot movie. Um, you know um, what's who's the filmmaker that made that? The, the guy that did Oblivion. Um, 
Um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm I, name. It's like ah, somebody in the chat, please help us. Is it Deacon? Is it Roger Deacon? Oh, it's not right. I've never been a Top Gun person, so honestly, I haven't seen it, and I'm not super excited to see it. It's I don't like the first one either. <laughs> I don't. I'm not big on the first one either. But uh, you know, I like Tom Cruise. I'm I'm a guy that's a little bit like I. I like I like his style of how kind of like, you know, he's he, he loves movies and he and he wants to give you the best experience possible, right. especially when it comes to theaters. So I, I and also that he was adv- advocating for getting back into the cinema uh, to go see the movie is important to me. So I, I love that. And I'm glad that it was successful for him. And I believe I'm sure this 4K looks amazing. And it's I'm sure uh, Claudio Miranda is the name you're looking for. Who? Claudio Miranda was the DP. Okay, okay. Well, I was I was thinking of the director. I'm sorry. Oh, well, then that is Joseph Kaczynski. The, Joseph Kaczynski. That's it. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure this is is a, is a I've heard I've seen some reviews on this 4K and I'm sure and, it, and they've all said it was great. So I'm uh, it wouldn't surprise me if this wins. Um, you know, it really could go anywhere here. They, they all look good. So. Yeah, DC says exactly what I've heard, and that's from all reviews. It is like the demo disc of the moment, which, great. Uh, not, nothing wrong with that. I won't take it away. I, I'm still going to see it, and uh, I I believe I own it uh, here. Um, I, I, that's, that's, that's sad. That's sad. We we both go through the same thing. I think I have it. I think I got it. Well, the hard part is I'm reorganizing a lot of stuff to, to try to get ready to, to move eventually, and because of that, I don't know what is still here and isn't here. And uh, it, I yeah uh let's see nerd says i wasn't always into audio in my early days of movie watching but when i started collecting i realized that the auto audio is just as important as the picture and i agree completely and the hard part is i i'm dying to have a sound system again but because i've got young kids i've watched them break so many things around my house and i i don't have the ability to lock up a theater at this moment because i'm not rich because this pays zero dollars total uh i am i'm waiting for the day that i can uh, eventually trust my kids enough to have an audio system but i still just go off my tv sound i don't even have a sound bar yeah yeah i used to have a sound bar but yeah i'm with you like i now i have a baby so i don't um even thinking about having a loud anything in the house sounds like a bad idea um but also you know it, it I, I agree. Like it, it is, and I, I've even though I'm not really super into it, I know how important it is. And because there was a, I, I'm I'm not even recalling which film it was, but I recently watched one of my my 4Ks or Blu-rays recently, and it was one of them sound mixes where it was like you know it was like super quiet, and then suddenly it would get really loud, and I'm like, this is one of the worst damn 4K sound mixes I've ever heard. Like, like it, I hate when movies do that where you got to turn the volume up to hear them talk. And then suddenly it goes into an action sequence and it's like too loud. And you're like, okay, they did not mix this well. So it isn't very, sometimes it doesn't, they don't do well on them. And it it is an important part of the experience at home. So completely agree. But yeah, we're talking about best video right now. And, uh, fucking went off track and i'm sorry no so did i uh terry says i definitely learned in my cinema days when he worked at the theater that folks will tolerate a bad picture longer than they will bad sound which i i get that to a point because if you get buzzing it can genuinely hurt the ears but like a a dim lamp or something that causes less problems Uh, let's see dc i tend to get more blown away by beautiful 4k restorations of older films than getting some crisp 4k released this week or something well, I mean, we're about to get to that category next. So. Yep. 
Uh, I watch films with AirPods on because my apartment walls are paper thin, so I understand what you mean. I just talked about this the other day. Having an Apple TV that you can hook the AirPods to while people are sleeping, it is such a game changer when watching some of these movies. Love that you can do that. I can tell you, though, at least with my wife, she sleeps through anything. So I, <laughs> I could be playing anything at any level and she'd be all right. So I don't have that issue. It's more the baby, but like, you know, I, I don't know how you do AirPods. Though. That, that I can't do things in my ear. It bothers me. I can't. I'm doing them right now. And the only reason I can is because I've got the silicone tips. Yeah. So it makes it softer. I, I, I can't deal with that plastic right in the ear. Though. Well, the thing is, is my ears for some reason, because I, I do have earbuds and they're like, they had the silicone, but like, even with them, like, it's like my ears squeeze them out. Like they don't want them in there. So right. I just, you know, I, I prefer big, these things. Your body rejects them. I get it. They do. Yeah. Uh, next category. I think this might be one of my favorites that we decided to include. So this one is the way to highlight the actual restoration work that happens on these films, because it is really difficult to quantify that. So what we have is we have best home video restoration upgrade. So the way that we're looking at this is the entire presentation of the film, including the video and the audio that went above and beyond what you've seen previously to upgrade from the previous release. So some of these, they went from VHS all the way up to 4K. Some yeah. of them, uh, like Fright Night, other than the old uh, Twilight Time release in the US, there's not been a great Fright Night release uh, to get a hold of in the US. Uh, the Godfathers, they look pristine on 4K, even though they had mostly okay Blu-rays. Uh, so all of these, they, they made some big leaps, and it's not necessarily VHS to 4K. It could be Blu-ray to 4K because the Blu-ray sucked so much. So, first one we have Fright Night from Sony, big upgrade. The Godfather, uh, the first movie from Paramount. Lost Highway from Criterion, that's a 4K release. One that people are talking about a lot for this nomination here. Out of the Blue 4K release from Severin. And then Thriller 4K, or they call her One Eye, from Vinegar Syndrome. Now, this is a category that is ripe for a write-in vote. This is one that I suspect we will have a lot of write-in votes. Yeah, there's a lot of films that are, are getting just amazing upgrades. Amazing, amazing restoration work done on them and yeah i mean if you're if you're if you're if that's if that's something that you recognize as a as a collector and that's important to you yeah there's tons of options really out there um but i would say we got really good ones that are already right here for you and yeah i'm one of the ones that's on the uh, out of the blue train it, right here uh it's amazing it's an amazing upgrade it's, it's I'm, I'm gonna vote for it i'm just gonna say <laughs> DC Eibner says Reservoir Dogs hands down and that's one uh, I can reveal we've already gotten at least a couple write-in votes for uh, the Reservoir Dogs 4K had not been released when we were getting the uh, nomination committee together and unfortunately that's just kind of how this works with the timing of everything but uh, I, I can confirm huge huge upgrade uh, the, the Blu-ray on that was always rough and that 4K looks way better than i expected so yeah that that's a good choice and then bo smith says sony did such a great job with fright night it's hard not to vote for that on every single category because it is so beautifully done and i i would say uh sony has had 
some like almost all of their releases have been knocking it out of the park but fright night alone looks incredible yeah i'm gonna have to get that release that you guys that's all i hear about is that fright night release i'll get the hard part there's only a steelbook release there is no standard 4k see i have the old uh eureka i believe release it's like a eureka or it's arrow it's it's eureka yeah i have that eureka release still so i i guess i need to damn upgrade it uh, Ryan brings up the Limey 4K, which is another one of those beautiful Lionsgate steelbooks that we got this year from uh, Best Buy. Now, the crazy thing, the Limey is a really, really great film, but it, it went so underground for a long time because there was nothing in print because all we had was a DVD. It, it was a little hard to find. Uh, I think they got a Blu-ray in Australia, and then out of nowhere, we get a 4K in the U.S., and it is, it is an astonishing-looking release, so I get that. And then Terry says, even sticking with those five labels, if we took out these five nominees, you could easily come up with another five that are just as astounding. This is easily a deep category. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what makes it fun. Uh, next up, number eight, we have best animation release. This is our next genre one. And uh, on this one, we have Delta Space Mission from Def Crocodile, Heavy Metal from Sony, another great 4K release from them, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On from A24. Turning red from Disney and then Wally from Criterion. Yeah, this is a tough one for me because I'm not, and, and I, I have no, you know, I have no, uh, you know, nothing against animation. I, I, I love animation, but it's uh, one of them things is kind of a, a hole in my, in my watching because I don't, I don't spend a lot of time on animation. And uh, of course, I am aware of a couple of these releases. These releases, of course, Wally is a big one. Um, you know, it took the world by storm when, when, when Criterion's like, we're going to do a Disney movie, you know, I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, so yeah, that's, that, that one's a big deal. And I know, uh, Marcel, the ship in the shell is, is, a, is kind of been a big one this year. It's an A24, uh, release. And I know, um, you know, I know the Delta space mission one, uh, that's from what Def Crocodile. Yes, sir. I know that's a popular one as well. Um, so it's, and, and it's definitely a category that could have been even had, maybe had some, I know some stuff was left out. Um, and you know, right in option. That's all we can say is I know that there was some people upset about certain, I think it was shout factory, that shout factory line release. Um, and there are animated shout factory line release. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they've done the, the Leica studios four yeah. days this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know some people were upset about some of that stuff not getting in this nomination list. And I'm like, that's what the write-ins are for. You know, like that's exactly you guys can still vote it in. Something could not be on this list and can win. You just got to believe that everybody else or go out there and spread the word and say, Hey, vote for this. You know, you can do that where nobody's telling anybody they can't promote what they want to win. You see me right now talking about out of the blue every five minutes. (laughs) So Obviously I'm, I'm not stopping myself from promoting what I want to win. So you can do that nobody's stop it so if you want Coraline and 4k to win go for it like i i would never lie to you guys this is very truthful there has been twice just today that steven has texted me about out of the blue so <laughs> i it's the one look it's the one i'm i'm a little bit you know we'll get to it later but i'm a little bit upset that it didn't make a certain category so i'm making sure it makes every other category possible and it still can. There's writing. Of course it can. I'm just 
doing all the. I, if I didn't, if I don't do it now, I'm gonna look back on this time and I'm gonna regret it. I'm gonna regret it if I don't do what I can. So. DC says, so you're saying he texted you out of the blue. Uh, Cam wanted to highlight The Bad Guys. Uh, that was a modern animation movie. And honestly, that movie surprised me. It was a good movie. Uh, the physical release, uh, it looks good on 4K, but uh, not a whole lot necessarily that I think would make the, the release worthy of this one. But uh, if that's if that's on your list, go ahead, write it in. Uh, Wave wanted to highlight Touch of Evil, the Kino 4K release. That was a, an astonishing release. Yeah, it's a great release, yeah. All right, next one. This is a fun category to discuss, and that is best packaging design. So on this one, you are talking about the physical construction and functionality of the package, the quality of the case, the box, the book, how it functions, basically the way that Patrick Bateman would describe all of these releases in the, the most intricate of details. Uh, so the nominees are Cloak & Dagger in 4K from Vinegar Syndrome. That's the VSU release. The Columbia Classics Volume 3 4K Collection from Sony Pictures. Drive 4K from Second Sight. Shoscope Volume 2 from Arrow Video. And then Thriller 4K from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, I, I think there are a couple sleepers that could come in on this one as well. Uh, one of them, actually, as I was saying that out loud, just got uh, posted in the chat. Distorted Vision says the Centipede Horror and Red Spell Red Deluxe Packaging Set from Air 4444 has my vote for this category. And uh, if you have not seen one of these in person, it, that release is beautiful. It is an astonishing release. But uh, I, I would also say that about probably three or four of the nominees here, which makes this one very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, It's this is a tough category because... Um, you know, there's just so many, I mean, not only just box sets, you know, with multiple films, but even just single releases that have gotten really deluxe releases this year. Right. And, you know, companies like Second Sight, man, they just, they don't, they don't hold back on it, not only just the outer box, but they're, the books are like books. They're yeah. like actual books. Act. Yeah. And it's like, how do you compete with that? Some, some, some labels, look at that as in more important than other labels. And so, um, you know, it's, it, it's a fun, you know, it's, it's, some of this is about, you know, you got to think about functionality, you know, for instance, I know that the shot, the shawl scopes on there, but some people have a problem with the fact that that thing don't fit on a shelf. Right. Well, so some people are upset. So maybe that's not your choice. So maybe you look at something like that drive set and, you know, it's got the nice pulls off the top and, everything sits in there nice and neat. And maybe that's your thing. You know, it sits on the shelf. Nice. Um, it's all about what you like. It's, uh, it's all about what you like, what excites you when you pull that off the shelf and you look at it and you're like, it tells the story through the packaging. Um, that's important. That that's what's so fun and unique about it. What excites you when you pull it off your shelf? If you look at these, any of these and you, you, you have them at home and you pull it off the shelf and you're like, okay, this is the one that, well, that's what you vote for. But I know some people can't all get these in their hand and really look at them. So right. it'd be tough for some people to pick these, but like, as you said, write in what, what do you have at home that excites you and look at the packages and see how well they're, what, what's the, you know, are they made with really quality, you know, cardboard Are they, you know, like things like that matter um, is the booklets, you know, you know, I mean, I know that booklets, it's an own category, but 
you know, this kind of falls into it. Does it, is the outer art kind of help tell the story of what the box is too? You know, like it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hard category to almost define in a way. Cause it, it, oh, yeah. they all, all the, all packages can be great, but be diff completely different in, in so many ways. So um, I'm rambling, but uh, this is a, this is a fun category and I can't wait to see who wins. You mentioned uh, Shoscope. I think the Columbia Classics one is probably the most divisive of these because yeah. depending on how you feel, it is either the most functional box set that you've ever seen or the least functional box set that you've ever seen. And I completely get that because one, there's not a single shelf in the world that it fits in and looks great. Two, uh, you have the fact that the book comes out of the top, but then the front opens sideways, and then the movies come out of what opens. Now, functionality-wise, like it's cool that that saves that on space, and you get individual slip covers for all the films, plus digital codes for all the movies, and not to mention the book. Uh, and it's pretty overall, sure, but it's it's a little cumbersome, and I and I get that. So yeah, that that one's that one's a little crazy to go over. Yeah, it's 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 going to be about what people value more. Do they care if they don't care about? Because honestly. If you know me, I'm a box set whore. I do not give a shit about how much space that box set takes up on my shelf. <laughs> if I could tell look, I mean, like, look at this shelf here. I don't care. I just don't care. It's nice. It's, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I will build new shelves to add whatever thing it is. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really going to depend on what you value more. Do you value shelf space or do you, va you know, this is shelf shock. We're, we're talking about shelf space all the time, but what you value more. So Next up, best visual essay. So the only criteria for this is the essay needed to be brand new for 2022. So it could not be an archival essay that they ported from another release. And for these, we've got five brand new ones. We've got one, Enter the Sensorium. This was Alexandra Heller Nicholas uh, did this for Enter the Void from Arrow Video. That is the Gaspar Noe release. We have three-point turns from Lee Singer on the Drive Second Sight release. We have Lost Girl, the 70s and 80s cinema of Nastasia Kinski. That was Kat Ellinger of the Harem release from Imprint Films. And then Somewhere Beautiful, Chris O'Neill on Morvern Collar from the Fun City Editions release. That was a big one for a lot of people. And then finally... Subverting Normality, Linda Manns comes out of the blue. Amanda Reyes, Chris O'Neill on Out of the Blue for Severin Films. Uh, this is a this is the first of a, a few categories here that are really heavy for the people that love special features. So if you only ever watch the films, you're probably going to have a couple that you're going to skip here. And uh, we do understand that this one's difficult because to vote on here, you got to have five releases from five different companies and enough time to watch films and dive into the special features that's tough we get it uh this is this is for the people that really love these and uh and dive into the special features uh so uh, other than out of the blue what would be your second vote for this one uh i would say uh the one that sticks out to me is the uh the drive feature uh with uh is that three-point turn a uh, very unique feature because how they structure that, um, you know, I think they do it in three parts. I, it's been a minute since I watched it, but I remember it being a very unique feature where they really split it, split up talking about the different themes of the movie um, in, in, in three different aspects. And it's just, it's, it's great. It's, um, it's really well put together feature. So uh, 
yeah. Nice. Uh, I really liked the Cat Ellinger essay on Nastasia Kinski, but that's also because I'm a Cat Ellinger fanboy. Uh, oh, I have with you, man. With you. <laughs> I've got uh, another conversation with her already recorded going up soon, so check out that one. Uh, next up, number eleven category, we have best interview. Again, this has to be a brand new interview, not something ported from a previous release. Uh, we have Drive, a 70-minute conversation with Nicholas Winding Refn, Matt Newman, and Cliff Martinez, of course, for Drive from Second Sight. Fighting Wrongs with Cynthia Rothrock for the Vinegar Syndrome release of Writing Wrongs. The, uh, the most surprising interview of the entire year, perhaps, the Brian Cranston PA interview for Alligator that was called Gator Guts, The Great River, and Bob. That's from Scream Factory. And then new conversation between John Waters and Jim Jarmusch on Pink Flamingos from Criterion. And then finally, the Saw and Savini, the new Tom Savini interview on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 for Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, this is this is a tough one. Yeah. Uh, there's so many different types of uh, interviews here where you're, you're you know, you're either um, you're either getting to you know, talk with the filmmakers or you're getting to, you know, hear filmmakers talk to other filmmakers. And then, I mean, it's just, um, and then just unique perspectives, you know, and, and you know, the Brian Cranston one just kind of is like out of nowhere. Um, the Tom Savini one is, is, is a, is a really good one, um, to hear him talk about the effects work and stuff like that on Texas Chainsaw too. I mean, it's, you know, and we got different genres of films that get, talked about in all it's 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 it, this is another tough one i mean especially if you're into all all the feature stuff it's that i don't even know where i, I mean i think i i think i lean towards um the drive feature but that i don't know that, that this could go anywhere so this is another category where you could name 10 others that you could argue are better than all five of these and it's yeah. it's tough uh, we're going to take a, a break from sharing the survey to share the winner of our first giveaway. So Stephen posted a very generous giveaway uh, the other day, and you are giving away a copy of Dario Argento's 4K release of the uh, bird. bird. With the plumage. Look at that. That's the limited edition 4K release of Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Uh, this closed yesterday, so let me share the screen. We've got a random wheel generator for everybody that entered this giveaway. Uh, all of the names are available here. I'm going to uh, click this once, and whoever this picks on the very first try, that is the winner of Bird with the Crystal Plumage, and we will be reaching out to them tomorrow to get information to go ahead and send that out but here we go uh again thanks everybody for sharing and getting <laughs> uh all the entries in and the winner that was very close is uh jeff oats which i believe jeff was on twitter okay so, uh thank you it's, i love how it says oh no uh, because usually uh, when I run this every month for my Patreon, the, the person that gets selected, uh, they get pulled from the wheel and I keep going until there's only one left. So uh, Jeff Oates, you are actually the winner. That is fantastic. We will be reaching out to you. Thank you for entering. Thank you everybody for paying attention and uh, to, to maybe lay some exciting groundwork to, to hype everybody up, to pay attention. 
we have other giveaways that are already ready to go in place from some of our favorite retailers in physical media. So we have uh, Diabolic DVD, Grindhouse Video, and Orbit DVD all on board to do some giveaways leading up to and during the live show for the Shelf Shock Rewind 2022. Uh, we are going to be asking of things that might be uh, you taking a video of yourself. It might be you taking uh, some pictures of some releases or your collection. Just pay attention to the social medias. Uh, I, I will be doing my best to share as many as I can as we go through this each week. Um, but just pay attention. There's a lot coming to get people engaged in these. And we're, we're talking decent prices, like actual gift cards to buy releases, actual physical releases. Um, there's a lot that could be coming your way. So make sure you're doing your best to enter. And you just saw how easy it is to win something. And just like that, somebody's getting a free, like new condition, brand new, basically release. I, I didn't play it once. <laughs> there you go. It's brand I mean, new, just out of the packaging. And guys, you know, you know, we're both celebrities here. You're getting a <laughs> Blu-ray out of my collection. You from Stephen from Chasing Labels. Nice. It, that adds to it, right? That's true. It really does. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go through the rest of these semi-quickly. Uh, we got, uh, next one is Best Martial Arts Release, which I think is going to make a lot of people mad, no matter what is picked here. Uh, we've got the Police Story 4K Trilogy from Eureka, Riding Wrongs from Vinegar Syndrome, Shoscope Volume 2 from Arrow Video, The Seventh Curse from 88 Films, and Tiger Cage Trilogy from 88 Films. Uh, I, I'm dying to hear what people say about this one. Yeah, it's this is going to be a weird one because, of course, there's some. There, these are all great, and uh, you know, I think a lot of people might skew towards a Shaw scope because you know the first one was so great, and then now you got the second one. But that seventh curse release has been very popular, um, and I I would not be surprised with an upset uh, with that release because and and, and, and I got it, I, I got it on I believe. Uh, Andrew Furtado's rec recommendation and uh and uh, yeah it's great it's a cool movie it's a great uh great release all around and uh I, dude I wouldn't be surprised if there's an upset on this one so yeah uh this is the kind of thing where I could easily talk for about five minutes on each one of these releases and explain without a doubt why it's the winner for this category and then bring up another three or four releases and maybe do the same uh, this this is stacked. Martial arts is having a beautiful second renaissance here for home video, and, and I do think that we are lucky to be witnessing what we're seeing. Going to the next one, uh, this one is best commentary overall. So uh, just like interview, this must be brand new. So the first is Drive, uh, Second Sight Films. This is the Nicholas Winding Refn and Peter Bradshaw commentary. The second one, I'm so glad this got nominated. Uh, we have Dr. Lamb, the Unearthed Films release with Art Edinger and Bruce Holacek. Uh, two people that do not get shouted out enough. They they do a lot of great work. Uh, Cinema Arcana is a big name in, in physical media that people have followed for a long time. Um, next one, Out of the Blue from Severin. The commentary is by Kat Ellinger, which is the one that Steven is all in on. Hey, uh, look, Ellinger, you're in on this one too. I can't argue with that. Uh, next one is uh, The Seventh Curse from 88 Films. And uh, this is a very fun one. If you have not listened to this yet, Arna Venema and Big Mike Leader, they've both been on my channel. Hilarious guys with some of the craziest stories you'll ever hear. 
this commentary is fantastic and then finally the witch from second sight and we've got uh anna bog i never know how to say her last name let me look at it closer anna bogatskaya i think is how you say it sounds um, pretty that sounds good that's what i tell andrew when he says stuff i said that sounds great good and that's only because you didn't say it i'm assuming yeah exactly uh, next one, this is one that's been a little iffy for us getting this launched, and I'm glad that it's here because it's something that I think people should discuss. Now, this one is the best annual slate from a single boutique label. So what we're saying is if you stacked up all of the movies themselves, the releases from a label for the entire year, which label would you look at all of the movies that they put out and said, you know what, that one, that is the best overall year from a label there's a lot to consider there so make sure you're thinking because some of these labels where you complain about uh, 4k re-releases make sure that's in your mind some of these labels where you say uh sure they do a lot of great packaging but some of the movies are kind of trash make sure you keep that in mind some of these other labels they don't put out as many films as the other labels so there's a lot of criteria to consider but overall the five that were nominated specifically we have aero video Criterion, Second Sight Films, Severin, and Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, Stephen, where are you leaning here? Uh, well, I mean, and and you know, of course, like always, there's just stuff that I'm surprised didn't make this. Yeah, like imprint kind of stands out to me as is kind of a surprise that it didn't make this. Yeah, um, because they've had such a big year this year. Um, but I'm honestly, I'm leaning towards the Severin. Um, uh, you know, I feel like. When I thought about this, I, honestly, I, you know, like, as you said, you know, you think about all the releases, but honestly, I started to, to think about the feeling I got about all the, you know, like I thought about the year of each of these and which, which one I bought the most from, like, what, 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 what did I get the most excited about? Which label did I get the most excited about when I thought about their releases? And I looked at my shelf and I'm like, looks like I have a lot of Severin here, uh, from this year. So, um, that or vinegar syndrome, both of them, I think, are going to be kind of the two front runners here. I mean, I know there's a lot of Criterion fans, and I think Criterion, you know, they put out a lot, they, they bring us a lot of great films and a lot of great releases. But some might argue that maybe they're they're falling off on feature work and things like that. So it's 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 really about what you like uh, when and what you're looking at when it comes to uh, what you're expecting from these labels and if they're bringing you the full 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 experience and. Uh, and, and I think uh, it's, it's also about taste. It's about what you like in movies. And so, um, you know, if you're big into exploitation, you're probably leaning towards a vinegar syndrome or something like it's, and that's just vinegar syndrome, not vinegar syndrome and partner labels, just right. syndrome. So remember that too. But um, it, I'm thinking Severn for me. That's where I'm feeling. So I would not have uh, guessed that. I got to be honest uh, in the comments. <laughs> wave. And <laughs> Would you say? Uh, I honestly, I thought you were going to lean towards second sight. Well, it is a good, you know, I, I probably, probably because when we've talked on, on te over text, I think I told you that that's where I would lean. And you know, that is, you're right. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. But I don't know. Well, I, I think, I the, think I decided in the long run that Severin was where I put most of my thought this year. So. Well, and I like the way you said that. The when the announcements come out, which are the ones that make you go, oh dang like yeah. enough for you to, to pause. And I can see how some of these releases from Severin would do that. Now for me, I think Severin had a down year for my taste compared to last year. But the sad thing is 
they still had a handful of incredible peaks that are great in the year but those those slopes in between just they don't fit for me but then like second sight literally maybe my favorite label however they, they don't put out nearly as much so it's kind of hard to stack that up against that so yeah, yeah. Blue, your, your peaks peaks are high on second sight yeah but they've become they, they there's really long waits you know they're yeah. they're just one usually one release at a time it, it, yeah it's where you value something you know and uh and i love second sight it's tough that's a tough one it's, a, it's tough to compare these labels because some value other things other, you know over other things and and it doesn't make any any label worse or better it's just um they give us different flavors and so it's just what you like more and um i i could go either way really but um, yeah i've been saying all year vinegar syndrome has had one of their best years ever so i i could see myself leaning towards there but uh the big thing for me in the comments, we have DC Eibner and Wave both shouted out Kino. Kino is is hard to argue with because they put out so many releases. And to be honest, I, I, no, I don't love maybe maybe forty percent of their stuff. I don't even bat an eye at. I'm never even going to consider buying it. But the other sixty percent is enough to make me go, "Hold on, those are." really exciting releases i am so glad that they're doing them they've really stepped up on 4k and they they really have it excited me so much more than what they used to because so many people used to look at kino and go they're like a barely a step above mill creek they don't put any special features and now pretty much everything has a slip cover has a, a most almost all new uh releases have a new commentary not quite all of them, but most of them. But then even their peaks are crazy. Like the Night Gallery releases, where they have 20 episodes that are all remastered that all have new commentaries and more special features. That like that's an astonishing release. Yeah, it's it's we we make fun of Kino for putting out so much, but you know, it's uh they they definitely have stepped up their game over the last couple of years and 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 uh you know, it, it, I, there's a lot of people that really love that company, and and it, it can get in on a write-in. You guys, you know, possibly. yeah. And the the one last thing I'll say before I I, I know that we said we were going to go quicker. I, I just have to shout out the fact that Kino is fairly cheap. Uh, like it, that's not something to scoff at because the the fact that you can get a new release 4K in a sale like two months later for fifteen dollars. When it was, you know, 30, 28, 29, whatever on release, that is fantastic. And then beyond that, their sales are 850 titles and 700 of them are $9 and below. Like, that's hard to argue with. Dude, it's they have a sale every month, I feel. every There's always a new sale, too. I mean, it's literally, yeah. had, literally had sales for Kino almost all the second half of this year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. Next is the best booklet. Uh, for this one, we've got Cloak and Dagger for Vinegar Syndrome, the Drive Second Sight release, Shoscope Volume 2, uh, the first mention for this release, the incredibly strange films of Ray Dennis Steckler. Uh, looks like I forgot the word Ray or it got cut off because the title was too long there. Uh, the Witch from Second Sight. Uh, this is, again, another tough category because, first of all, a lot of people don't read the the full booklets um unfortunately but uh the ones that we do like there's a lot of great booklets that are, are never going to be noticed for the quality because it, the booklet is probably the easiest thing to overlook in these releases it is it's you know even for myself it's not the first place i i always go um 
but it, you know, it, it really should be, you know, something that, you know, it, it's a way to get good context on something in a, in a kind of a bite-sized way. It, it is, you know, I mean, you know, I, I don't know about everybody else, but like um, reading makes me tired. So that's what keeps me away from reading a lot because I, I, I just, once I sit down with a book, I'm probably going to be asleep in 30 minutes. Um, but, you know, book, these booklets are not that, they're, they're, you know, some of them are pretty large. Some of them can have a lot, but, you know, th there's just pictures in there and they take up some of the pages. And um, But, you know, there's some really good uh, reads in these booklets that help give you good primers for watching the movie. Um, even if you haven't seen the movie yet, I'm a, I, honestly, I'm okay with watching things that kind of talk about the movie um, in a wider context before I've even seen it to help me kind of get myself in, in, in the, in the right mindset. Cause sometimes you get into a movie and you don't really know what you're getting into and it might be maybe too much for you right now. So you decide to turn it off. You're like, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit much for me, but if you're already primed in your mind by what, reading a little bit of, of the essays to get you in the right mode, it, it can help you get through a, a watch, you know, like it's what's important to me when it comes to reading booklets. And the hard part here, like with drive, I, I believe not only was this a great booklet, it was uh, a book. And not only was it a book, I think drive had two books, if I'm yeah. remembering right. Yeah. There's a novelization in there. Um, uh, uh, I believe of the, like the, not the novel it was based on, I believe some, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, it's a dude that that drive set. It's, it's, it's a monster. Yeah. Uh, Wave says can confirm. I don't read booklets. I like commentaries better. Completely get that. Yeah. Uh, DC says I read. I miss the digibooks. I, I really wish some U.S. company would start to put out media books. I love the German media books. Um, Terry says usually I wait on reading the book until after seeing the movie or movies. I do the exact same thing. I usually watch the movie and then as I'm uh, basking in the special features and then when that's done, I will try to read the booklet right then and there. Otherwise, and I'll skip to the end guy. You know, I just, <laughs> I just get, I want to know about it first because it, and this is why, you know, I get in trouble with talking about spoilers because personally, spoilers don't bother me because um, I need to watch it or see it anyway. So it's not going to mess, mess with me. But, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, everybody's got their way of, of, of what gets them excited. Um, and I think for most, I'm just unconventional in that way. I like to hear about more what, what, what I'm getting into and then I'm ready to go. So next up is the best overall extra features package. So this includes a lot of the stuff that we just talked about. So the, the booklet, the interviews, the visual essays, the commentaries, all of the archival featurettes, everything comprised all together, what physical releases had the best overall extra features package. So we have the, the some of these uh, we, we've been talking about seemingly all night already. Uh, we've got the Drive 4K release from Second Sight. Uh, again, the incredibly strange films of Ray Dennis Steckler from Severin. Uh, Out of the Blue 4K from Severin. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 4K from Vinegar Syndrome, which uh, that release is, uh, it's kind of like the indicator releases when you look at the back because it's just a novel when you look at what they have listed. And then uh, this last one, this is the first nomination for imprint so far on this whole thing. The Wicker Man release from Imprint Films. 
And uh, glad or no, I'm sorry. This is not the first nomination for imprint. They were on some of the special features, uh, like Harem. Uh, yeah. But uh, this this is, I think, the the first one that they could have a, a genuine chance of of winning. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, you know extra. You know, some companies are not as invested in, in in extras. Of course, you know, we talk about Kino. Kino's not always you know, but some of these companies, man, they go all out. I am surprised we didn't end up getting an indicator you know, something in here because indicators own for how crazy the back, you know, their feature work is like, they just load everything up. Um, I think if we'd have gotten the Michael J Murphy set this year, that might've been part of this group maybe, but um, unfortunately got pushed back, but um, there's some great nominees here. Um, you know, the, 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 the Ray Dennis Steckler set is, is one that stands out to me. There was, there was at least one real good feature in there that I was hoping got would get nominated in the, I believe in the video essay area that, that I just makes that just that feature alone was just like amazing. And, um, but there's a lot, a lot of good stuff in there that really um, gives you a lot of good um, stuff about Ray Dennis Steckler and not, you know, and this, of course, this includes archival stuff too, you know, not just what we're, we're not just looking at new stuff. We're looking at, everything that they were able to compile to put into one package. So you can consider archival stuff in this, in this voting. And um, so, you know, some of these things, um, you know, have a lot of good archival stuff and it, this is another tough one. I love seeing a comment like Stan's here. He says, man, I've got a lot of homework to do. <laughs> yeah. Got to work. Uh, next one, this is, I believe, our last genre category. This is Best Horror Release. And uh, these, again, a really stacked uh, list here. We've got Alligator 4K from Scream Factory, Fright Night 4K from Sony, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 4K from Vinegar Syndrome, The Wicker Man from Imprint Films, and then The Witch 4K from Second Sight. Uh, again, this is another category. I can make a strong reasoning for each one being the winner. Yeah, exactly. And some, you know, once again, some just get left off. Um, you know, it's tons of great horror releases every year. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, flipping a coin, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not, honestly, I'm not really leaning towards any of these ways. Uh, I could go with two or three of these. So. Uh, let's go to the next, uh, the big one that we revealed this morning, right before voting went live. This one is the best box set. Now the criteria for box set for some people, they think what comes in a hard box is a box set, but we said, let's, let's make sure that we look at this in a genuinely, uh, like objective way for what should be considered a box set. So we said anything that is three films or more in a single release. So a uh, double feature, not quite a box set. Something like The Wicker Man, it came with three Blu-ray cases and a hard box. Doesn't make it a box set. It's still just one film. This one, though, this has some crazy, crazy things in this category. We have the After Dark Neo-Noir Cinema Collection Volume 1 from Imprint. Great release. Columbia Classics Volume 3 from Sony. Again, if you're a big fan of those, it's a, a huge release for you. Uh, one that I'm so glad got some attention here, the House of Psychotic Women set from Severn Films. That was a uh, like a September release that seemed to go unnoticed by some, but I'm so glad that enough of our uh, committee could could get the time in with this to to nominate it. 
Then the other Severin that we've had for a few categories now, the incredibly strange films of Ray Dennis Steckler, all finalized by Shoscope Volume 2. Yeah, it's a stack category. It's uh and, and once again, just stuff stuff got left off too as well. And then just um, you know, I, I, honestly, when it comes to box sets for me, I'm I'm always kind of leaning towards something where I'm learning I'm learning the most. Uh, I, you know, and Ray Dennis Steckler was a big discovery for me this year. So I, I feel like I lean towards that one a little bit, but once again, I mean, like the house of psychiatry women's the same thing. I mean, that's something I'm learning something completely new, um, with these four films in there. And, um, it's just, why did we do this to ourselves? Why did we, why did we make, why did we decide to do this, Ryan, to where we gotta, we gotta make these hard decisions. It's a great question. Yeah. Maybe we should just stop now. Uh, this one, uh, I personally think I'm, I'm leaning towards After Dark Neo Noir Volume One. Yeah. Uh, I, I may go towards something like Columbia Classics, but I, there's still a lot. Yeah. Uh, this next one, this is a fun one too. And uh, I, I wanted to make sure that the people behind this one got highlighted. So these are the names that you're seeing here. This one, uh, category 19, is Best Artwork. This is the best newly commissioned artwork so it's if it's the original poster art that's not really what we were going for we all have different things that we love there but for this we went with the brand new art so uh the first one is cloak and dagger from vinegar syndrome and the artist name is haunt love uh the next one which i think is the sleeper nominee in this category is dog soldiers from second sight films and the artist on that one is chris malbin i believe and then uh, a really great entry here, because I love the art on this one, Shaft for Criterion, and that's Bill Sinkowitz. And then Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 from Vinegar Syndrome is Tony Stella. And then the last one here is The Wicker Man by Richard Wells, and that is for Imprint Films. Uh, love a lot of these. I would love a poster of a few of these, yeah. uh, because the art is that good. Um, but I, I honestly, I, I think I'm leaning towards Dog Soldiers on this one. Uh, look, I know you've been talking about this particular release a lot, but what about that film, Elsa? Mm. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, uh, Elisa. That's the name, I think. Elisa. Sorry, yeah. Uh, uh, that came out from, uh, gosh, who was that? I've already forgotten. Is it the, um, was it Canny? Was uh, it it is Altered Innocence. Altered Innocence, that's it, yeah. So this was just announced, and the cover on that one, it is beautiful. I cannot wait cannot wait to to write that one in i i always forget about that <laughs> i was gonna say yeah um that's that's that would be a that, you know that would be your out of the blue um because uh you know but it's it, dude it's there's there's a ton of great artists out there um and uh they're just making some really fabulous work and the one that the, the one that did shoot, shoot out to me initially was the dog soldiers i remember when because that art got you know, released before the way before the whole release came out. Um, and I, I just sat there for months just looking at that artwork, just being like, when is this coming yeah. out? Have it. And uh, yeah, it's one I would love to have a poster of in the wall. So uh. next one is the best studio catalog release. So we kind of talked this, uh, talked about this at the beginning. Um, this is for a studio release that they put out a film that that studio made, but the film had to have been released prior to 2010. So the choices here are Casablanca from Warner Brothers, 
Fright Night from Sony, The Godfather from Paramount, The Lost Boys from Warner Brothers, and Poltergeist from Warner Brothers. First off, Warner Brothers getting three nominees in this one is kind of a big deal because uh, it's kind of been like this unspoken thing that Sony is the best at catalog releases. And the fact that uh, we, we've got three Warner Brothers, that's that's kind of a shock there. They're just trying to start off their, their new 100-year thing off right. You know, they want to get Shelf Shock Rewind Awards to begin their year. And that's going to yeah. lead them into their big 100-year anniversary uh, thing that they're going to be doing that we talked about earlier. So that's their plan. You know, they just want to DC Eibner for the artwork says uh, Private Chat. That was a pretty good one. That's another one of the partner label releases. And uh, Planet Mondo, uh, we did stay on here long enough. Imprint did just announce their new titles, and one of them is Jacob's Ladder. That's pretty cool. Ooh, Jacob's Ladder. Wow. Uh, DC Eibner says The Godfather, purely for the ungodly amount of hours put into going over those films again. It's a good choice. Uh, so these next two, um, we were just going to touch on these real quick. This is uh, not for you to be uh, as objective as you have been for some of these others. This is just subjectively. What is your favorite Region A label? What's your favorite Region B label? We're just curious what the community as a whole feels. And uh, the, the committee didn't vote on those. So you just get to write something in. What, what are you thinking? What's your favorites? Not the best, your favorite. Because those could be different. You know, you might think genuinely Severn Films put out the best annual slate of films this year. However, my favorite may be a second site. And, and that could be something that you're answering there. Yeah, don't confuse them. them are, that's a Region B and a Region A label. You just, you just That's why I did that, one for each. <laughs> yeah, don't confuse them. Yeah, it's tough. You know, yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we went back and forth about this versus annual label. You know, and, and yeah, yeah. There's some there's some labels that are just you know for instance I love even though I said I lean towards Severin, um, you know I am a I am an indicator I'm, I love indicator they're they're just I love their product and and uh, they would be my favorite region B label definitely probably and um, though I, if I was to pick a like you said second sight just such a great region B company their annual slate might be better than indicators this year but. I'm I, I I'm just a big fan of Indicator. They would be my favorite Region B. So uh. I get that. Uh, speaking of Region B, now we're getting into like the big top three categories here. So first, best Region B release, and you'll notice there's not five nominees. We made this more difficult. There are eight nominees here. So we have Drive 4K from Second Sight, the Police Story trilogy in 4K from Eureka, the Seventh Curse from 88 Films. The Swimmer from Indicator, that is the first Indicator thing on this entire list, I believe. Tiger Cage Trilogy from 88 Films. The Warriors from Imprint Films. The Wicker Man from Imprint Films. And The Witch 4K from Second Sight. There's a lot to digest there. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it, I'll be interested to see, you know, and you know, we talked about this. I'll be interested to see how this all plays out. Because with these three categories, in my mind, it should go a certain way. If whoever wins best overall should win one of these two other categories. You would think. You would think, but it might not play out that way. Somebody, there might be enough people that, you know, because as you said earlier, some people don't, you don't have to vote for everything if you don't want to. So some people might vote for a, a region A or region B, but decide not to put in a best overall release, uh, uh, you know, answer. 
and you know that gets less votes for something and then it just there could be a situation where something that something kind of gets highlighted as a best region b release uh or, or gets a best overall release win but then doesn't get it get its partnered up with a region a or region b like it something weird could happen here and that's not that's not a bad thing i think that that offers up another opportunity to almost have like an a and b uh like best overall in a way so it's there's a lot of great releases in this category i do lean towards drive because that like i said it's a monster it Um, is so (laughs) all right for region a again eight different choices we have columbia classics volume three from sony the godfather 4k from paramount house of psychotic women from severin Lost Highway from Criterion, that 4K sneaking in there. Out of the Blue 4K from Severin. Shoscope Volume 2 from Arrow. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 from Vinegar Syndrome, the 4K release, of course. And then Thriller 4K from Vinegar Syndrome. Again, hard as hell to to actually pick like your favorite child here. It is damn near impossible. I already told you my favorite child. I don't need to... uh, I, I go straight for the. I, I tell all the other kids to get out of the room. And I'm saying that's my favorite child. So I I'm, have demanded a recount, and it looks like Out of the Blue is not going to be eligible. I, I, I don't know why. I guess I'm writing in again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we have a special graphic to share for the best overall release. So I am going to share this picture so we can talk about this. Because obviously, uh, this is like the big best picture winner from the Oscars. So let's get into it. The best overall release. And uh, I'm going to scroll through here. This is zoomed in so we can see them all well. We've got After Dark Neo-Noir Cinema Volume 1 from Imprint. Sony Columbia Classics Volume 3 4K Collection. The Drive 4K from Second Sight. The Godfather 4K. uh, House of Psychotic Women. And the incredibly strange films of Ray Dennis Steckler, both from Severin. Lost Highway 4K from Criterion, Shoscope from Aero Video, and this one has 10 options. And finally, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 4K from Vinegar Syndrome and the Witch 4K from Second Sight. Oh yeah. my gosh, a lot here. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like the Witch just snuck in there. The Witch just like, you know, and you know what's funny is, is, is I know everybody loved the Witch, but what happened to the guest? Nobody wanted to vote for the guest. Um, <laughs> there was, the guest was is is a great release as well from Second Sight that I feel like it's almost on par with The Witch, and it just got left off. I don't know. People yeah, chose, it, it is, but that came out in October of 2021. I thought it came out that you know what? Forget what I said. I'm gonna do a Jedi mind trick on you all. <laughs> Fuck! You did not hear me say bullshit. Uh, okay. Uh, the the thing that I find odd here is that After Dark Neo Noir Cinema made it here for best overall release, but not for best region B release. There you go. There's one of them weird things where uh, something got snuck in over it. You know, the swimmers snuck in uh, in region B. You know, um, it's I I don't know, man. It, 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 the more you think about it, the more it's going to upset your mind that something didn't make one thing. And it, but it's, you know, I think it just creates an opportunity for another, another release to get uh, notoriety. So that's, it's not a bad thing. So I agree. Um, so that, I mean, that's, that's it. We, we've, we've ran through all of the categories. I have 
been excited to see everybody in the comment section being active with what you're choosing. People, you know, writing down watch lists and uh, homework that they're looking forward to. This has been a long, long argument uh, tonight to to decide if uh, out of the blue will win everything uh, for Steven's heart or uh, if it will get snubbed. So we'll find out. But um, that's the theme of this whole show is all when you when you, when you get to see the live show on February 19th, it's going to all be out of the blue themed. It's not, nothing's it's not going to pay attention to any other releases. Just that. No, I'm just kidding, guys. I, I welcome any of these other releases to win. Um, um, I think there's just so much good stuff that came out this year and, um, it's going to be, I really, you know, I'm always for, for upsets. So I really hope there's some good upsets in here that we can surprise you guys with. I hope it's not all easy to read. Uh, well, and that's the write-in option can easily create some major upsets. So please get in there to vote, share this, uh, get behind it. Make sure that other people that may not, you know, see us on social media, send them the link, email it to them, whatever you got to do, uh, tag them in it. There's a lot of stuff that could be happening in here. Um, the, the way that we have structured this is very interesting, but I, I can't wait to see it all unfolding live. And I'm kind of thinking, uh, I, I've not said this to Steven behind the scenes yet. I'm kind of thinking maybe I should be the only one to know the results going into the show and have you be surprised with every single category. Oh God, it's terrible. <laughs> it's a good idea. Terrible idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. We might see a genuine tears that night. If we did that, <laughs> you might get me, you, you, you know, we probably want to make the show a little bit family friendly. So you're going to hear a lot of cussing. <laughs> but if I, you know, get, if I hear too many bad results. So, uh, um, I don't know if that's a good idea or not. We can talk about that. <laughs> uh, either way, the show will be live on February 19th. It will be both on the Sh uh, Shelf Shock Rewind YouTube channel. The link for that is in the description below and on my channel. Uh, it's also going to be on Twitch. We're going to be sharing all that information as time goes on. But uh, there's a lot to get excited about. Th this is going to be a really, really fun night. And, and we just hope that the community shows up in droves. That There's a lot of really cool things that we have planned. We've got uh, enough plan to try to make it a genuine show. Uh, and the cool thing is some of these producers that we've had either on our podcast, on the show, um, some of them are going to be involved uh, potentially in, in multiple different ways. We are doing our best to, to show genuine reverence, but not make it stuffy. And I think that that will show through the way that we're treating it. But after all that, uh, just publicly now, I want to be able to say, Stephen, you are amazing. Thank you for hanging out tonight for almost three and a half hours. I know you're exhausted. Uh, uh, nah, I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm good right this second. And then when I'm done with you, I, I'll pass out right here. This is a this is one of the video game chairs. I'll just fall <laughs> like this. Um, but no, I no, I, I love I, I've been I've loved working with you, uh, Ryan. It's it's been a great pleasure and um, and. Uh, I can't wait to to do it live with you on the night. That's going to be the fun part is, is finally getting to the night and seeing it all unfold in, in front of us. And, uh, and it'll be exciting. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, th th this is a good show, man. I, I enjoyed uh, doing my first live show with you. Uh, hopefully we can do some more in the future. Maybe ones that are maybe under three hours, um, <laughs> but, but that's fine. This you know, this is, it happens every once in a while. I can do, I can do this. Uh, 
in the chat, DC Eibner says, thank you for an amazing live chat. And that is uh, the, the perfect time to say, not only for Steven, thank you to all of you. For most of tonight, we've had more than 50 people watching. Uh, at the moment, we still have more than 30 people hanging out. And to go that long on a stream like this shows how willing to, to go there that this community is. You guys are incredible. And uh, one of the things that I always want to say is thank you to the patrons of the show you guys keep this running. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we do, we don't ever get any money for. And I have invested a lot of my own funds to do a lot of this. So it helps when we get any sort of anything to help out with that. Um, Steven will attest that it, all of this is basically a passion project because we have no realistic dreams of ever making money <laughs> through stuff like this. Um now it's been a blast tonight and uh genuinely the chat and the 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 patreon and and the discord all of you guys are the backbone of that so thank you but tonight the star of the show steven billings thank you for being here sharing your opinions thank you for the award show and everybody if you are not subscribed to chasing labels you absolutely should be i listen to the show every single moment that i possibly can uh steven and andrew they they have some of the best takes out there and andrew has seen every single film ever so it's worth it to hear such a son of a bitch i i, I don't <laughs> it's but no he's the backbone man he's a I, I he's a good friend and he uh you know i couldn't do the show without him because he's i mean not only because he has all the time to watch the movies but he's he's a very thoughtful film person he he you know he he he, he keeps me in check i have to keep him from going on too long of diatribes but i right. do he keeps me in check with my own you know, I can be I can be a little bit off the cuff, like I'd be a really crazy and say maybe, you know, he, he can reel me in on that and it help me think about what I'm think about my perspective sometimes. So that's what he does for me. And uh, yeah. And he just watches every damn thing so we can talk about it. So um, but yeah, thank you, Ryan. And uh, yes, please, uh, um, you know, please come and check us out and, and talk with us. Join our group on Facebook. It's growing. And, uh, you know, get in there and, ch and chat with us and, and uh, talk movies. Yep. And uh, please, we will be out there with Shelf Shock Rewind everywhere. Make sure you share that around. We really need it. Uh, and as Brian is saying in the chat, nighty night. Uh, we, we've got a lot to, to do for all of us. So thank you. And we'll see you all next Thursday night. Have a good one. You too. Have right. Bye.